Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. I'm Keegan Preslak. I am Eric Hoff. And this is a horror podcast where two buddies in the middle of nowhere get together, hopefully once a century, and talk horror movies and horror-related things and happenings. Um, I do feel like this is a quick turnaround, though, from our, our last episode. Yeah, I mean, we were supposedly doing these monthly, but we haven't done that in forever. Right. But uh, Eric, hello. How you doing, Keegan? Good, Eric. I feel like we haven't seen each other since the pod. Uh, that's fair. What was our last episode? Oh, Pearl and Barbarian. Barbarian. Did we, you see Barbarian's not even going to get a physical release? Period. That's the that's the word the pray tell right now. Oh, that's terrible news. I'm not saying it's official. Right. But they announced a digital release, and then there was no physical, so it could come later. I it saw that later. um, it is going to HBO Max next week, and I'm pretty eager to give it a revisit. Yes. But that's very sad. Yeah, that's that's a bummer to hear, Doc. Yeah, it's like this whole string of things. We'll talk Hellraiser in a bit, but I really wish I could own Hellraiser on 4K disc and same with Prey. Right. Wow. But, but I mean, that makes more sense because those went to streaming sites, whereas Barbarian had a theatrical release. That's why I'm confused about it. And made a bunch of money. Now, yeah. again, if this turns out they announce a disc later, that would be great. We'd but, love to be wrong. Yes, absolutely. But... Um, what's also weird is it's Searchlight, right? Fox. And they did like Antlers and The Night House. Those got blues. Right. Uh, not 4K, but blues. And then Barbarian makes... And those didn't make money. Sorry, that was my point. Those didn't make any money. But Barbarian did. So I, I think it has to. I mean, I feel like they're leaving money on the table, but I don't know. Hmm. Well, ho- hopefully, like a Scream Factory will pick it up then. Some In like 20 years. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, when we're all dead from the uh, the water wars. I mean, they always put out those bullshit IFC Midnight titles, right? Why can't, <laughs> they, why can't they do that for a new release, huh? I watched one of those at your house one time. I think it was uh, Cockneys versus Zombies I used to is be, what it was. I used to be really into them. I'm not too sure what happened. Well, they made a bunch of them. Yeah, I feel like uh, in my head, IFC Midnight was like a stamp of like quality, and <laughs> I'm not too sure if that's true. I think the only IFC Midnight releases that I own are the Babadook, uh, the house that Jack built, and Autopsy of Jane Doe. And those are well, those three. are all good movies. Yeah, yeah good movies. Hmm. But Eric, hello. Yes. What are we doing today? Uh, we're doing Ghoul Squad Ends. Ghoul this, Squad Ends. This is our uh, review episode for Halloween Ends. Yes, Halloween Ends. Hello. Should be um, a breezy topic. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure there's nothing to discuss right? about David Gordon Green's conclusion to the epic trilogy known as Halloween Ends. Halloween Ends. Uh, how many times have you watched it? I've seen it twice. Nice. Tw- uh, once in IMAX, which I'll talk about, and then uh, once at our horrible Carlsbad Theater. Shout out. Uh, I've seen it three times. Once at our horrible theater and twice at home. Twice at home. Nice, yeah. Eric. Uh, I was funny because like I think we were playing Halo before me and Ben, my brother, shout out, went to go see it a second time, and I was like, "What are you gonna do if you don't go to the movie with us?" And you're like, "Uh, probably just sit here and do this, right?" Well, when you had invited me to go with you guys, I'd already watched it once at home, right? 
But then you watched it again at home. Was that with your mom? That was with my mom. The third yeah. time was with my mother. Well, the second time I saw it, I watched it with your mother as well. Oh, nice. But uh, <laughs> neither here nor Tell there. Tell her I said hi. I will. Next time I see her, which yeah. will be... Uh, okay. This bit's done. Okay. So, Eric. Yes. Uh, we're going to review Halloween Ends, yep. uh, which, as everyone knows, I'm a giant Halloween fan. I think Eric is a giant Halloween fan. I enjoy the franchise. Yes. Um, so, this was... You know, this monumental movie. This is like my most anticipated movie of the year. If I'm being honest, I'm upset that we didn't initially watch it together. When you told me you were going to go to IMAX, I was like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I I wish, I definitely agree. Like when we were there, because, okay, so my other most anticipated movie of the year was Nope. uh, And we went, Eric went with, you know, us to see it in IMAX. It was kind of funny because... When we got to Halloween, I was like, oh, I wish Eric was here. So yeah. I thought of you, duh. Okay. Not enough to like invite you and get you to go. Right. But I thought of you. Right. Was it, um, what I, was your experience would, like with uh, Dana and Andrew? No, it was Dana and Melissa. Oh, shout out. Um, no, I was so excited. I asked for the weekend off. Nice. Like it was like a big, to me, it was a big deal. And, um, you know, I went to bed early the night before just to make sure I was rested, you know, for the film. Um, I did too. It's funny you say that because like. The night before, I was hanging out at my brother's house, and we, you know, had a couple high noons, some drinks, and it was funny because I was like, eh, "I think I'm gonna stop and uh, go home pretty soon." And he's like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Well, I want to be rested for the movie, right?" And there was a fair amount of people at the the Carlsbad Theater, enough for them to have to um, have a second showing. Nice, you know. Initially, it was just supposed to be at eight, but then they did a seven fifty, so it was cool. You know, there was that excitement uh, in the air. The event there was. Uh, uh, I saw coworkers from previous jobs that I would never talk to again there. So I was like, this is cool. It's getting people nice. out. Nice. People are at the theater. Yes. Uh, should I do my experience now or should I save it? Lay it sure. on me. Okay. So yeah, we went to uh, El Paso, uh, Texas. Shout out. And uh, we went to the IMAX theater to see it. And um, we went, I ended up going Friday at 1.45 uh, p.m. So it was an afternoon show. And it wasn't sold out, but there was there was quite a few people there, but it wasn't sold out. And uh, I had a really good crowd, really good experience. The IMAX theater is, I mean, everybody knows that I talk endlessly about it. And uh, yeah, th- it was fantastic. This film is not shot in IMAX uh, in any way, which means it doesn't like expand its aspect, aspect ratio as I push my glasses up. Um, but just having the bigger screen and, and, and most importantly, the bigger sound and bass mm. um, you know, I've never seen a Halloween film in IMAX, mm. so that was very special. I mean, as soon as like the score hit or anything, it was like, you know, deafening and it sounded amazing, and um, it was just really exciting, just in general, to see a Halloween movie in IMAX. Um, but yeah, the experience was good. I mean, it wasn't super packed; like nobody s- spoke. I don't know if they liked the movie or not. It was kind of like dead in there, mm. but that's also a good thing, you know what right. I mean? So it was kind of weird. Um, but, uh, we will talk about the film uh, later. And as Eric said, I'm sure there is nothing to discuss about Halloween ends on this podcast. Uh, cause it's a very simple film that has no, uh, we'll get to that layers or intricacies or, uh, controversies, right. Or subversions or, uh, expectations that don't, you know, um, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yes. So Eric, we'll do that in a bit. Uh, so yeah, all we're going to do today is uh, what we've been watching and our Halloween ends review. Uh, we'll also do spoilers, but we'll do a spoiler tag. So it'll be very clear that before we start talking spoilers. So if you have not seen Halloween ends, 
keep listening and we will be very clear midway through the Halloween ends review. Hey, we're doing spoilers. Leave. Yes. But Eric, before we do all that, uh, what do you got? Uh, What do I got? Oh, okay. So you, when we were discussing um, what order we were going to do the episode in, you asked me if I had brought trivia. Yes. And uh, I did not bring trivia and uh, I wanted to explain why. Okay. So the last time we recorded, when I pull in uh, to your parking lot and park my car, it makes this awful noise. And I'm like, Ugh, like, what was that? You know, um, come in, we record the pod and um, I'm driving home. I'm on Pate Street, right? And I'm going to turn on to church and I've got my car in first gear. It is a uh, manual transmission uh, car. Uh, I'm on. To, so I pull onto this car, uh, this street. Uh, I push the clutch in to put it in second and then when I go for third, the clutch pedal doesn't come back. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I can't change gears. It, you know, if I press gas, it will accelerate. But if I stop, I can't go. Because I, I can't put the car, you know, in a gear to start from, right? This is like the curse of Ghoul Squad. So, it's like Final Destination. Can I ask? Can I, can I guess? Did the little thing that it's held in... Did the did the trivia box fall in there and get stuck? Uh, no. Okay. Go ahead, Eric. So, um, so I turn on to. So I'm trying to think like which way to get to my house will be like the least. I mean, this is also 9 p.m. already, so there's not like a lot of traffic. But I'm thinking, which way can I get there with least where I don't have to stop? Yes. Right. So I have to blow through two intersections <laughs> that I should stop at, <laughs> but I can't stop. Because I can't put my car in gear for it to continue to go, right? Yes. So I managed to uh, make it home. And I have to come to this real wonky stop in front of my house. And uh, I just leave it parked there. And I'm stuck with like, what do I do now with this car? I hate this car. Yeah. Um, Now that it's a burden. It's been a burden. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've put so much fucking money into this car. Why don't you buy like a, I'm not saying a brand new vehicle. Why don't you buy like a vehicle? Uh, I mean, I need to, Okay, that, that's like, that's been on the forefront of my brain for a while. Okay. Yeah. I think we have talked about that. And, uh, so long story short, my current plan of action is, okay, I'm going to pay to get it fixed and I'm going to finally get rid of it. Right. Okay. So, uh, I have a mechanic shop, tow my car. They have it for several days. Um, three grand later, uh, it's fixed, but so I have in the trunk of my car several board games, uh, Horror Trivial Pursuit, uh, Zombies, which I've said before I would love to show you and your brother. I guess the and and, and my the battery to my car is in my trunk, and oh, wow. I and I guess they had to get to it. So they like ripped up the the cover of the battery, but in doing so, spilled all the contents of these goddamn board games all over the trunk of my car. <laughs> So, so one of the reasons I didn't bring it is because it's all just scattered in the trunk of my vehicle right now. So, and so what bums me out this is... This segment is scattered all over. The, the, the segment of our podcast is basically trash in the back of your So what vehicle. bums me out the most is I was putting the cars that we'd already read aside. That's gone, Doc. Yeah. We did that for like episodes. Yeah. And that You're, effort is gone. I guess the new plan could be like just finding horror trivia online. 
Oh. But then we're going to have to be careful about not seeing the answers, you know? Right. So There's got to be an app, huh? There is. I found one that I thought we might use, but it was not. Uh, it was also like a word scramble game. Like you had to get the answer, but then it also had like a scrabble for the word, like the name. Oh. And I was like, nope, I can't think that much about anything. So, well, so that, that was my dumb story of why we don't have trivia. That's amazing, Eric. Yeah. That is such an Eric story to tell. Yeah. I I thought you meant like when they pulled the battery up, battery acid went all over the cards. No, they just made a mess. Yeah. I got you. That's all. And I'm too lazy to fucking. Did you? How much was it to fix? It was 3100 What? What? I'm asking you uh-huh. because we were at this part. Why did you do that? Because it's, if you trade it in, it's not going to be worth that, right? Uh, I'm hoping, but I actually don't know. Um, whenever... Uh, before I got it fixed, uh, I spoke with a dealership here in town, and they were like interested in buying it. But when I told them that it doesn't run, they're like, "Oh, never mind." So I thought, "Well, I need to get the car running I mean, in order to to sell it." Right? We, we could talk about this another time. But did you Kelly Blue Book it and see how much it's worth? Okay, okay. So it is supposedly worth something. It's supposedly at five right now. Okay, all right. I, I shouldn't have assumed that you didn't look it up. That's on yeah. me. Uh, so I, I need, I definitely need a new car though. Yeah. I need out of this fucking car. Well, you better get three grand for it now, Doc. At least. Yeah. yeah. That's concerning to me. I'd be worried about that. Yeah. So. Well, Eric, I would love Let's to see go on new to car. you, Doc. Are you going to get another little, uh, like, uh, Fast and the Furious car? I mean, that's, that's not me, but. <laughs> get a little truck, Doc. Like, yeah. I have a Chevy Colorado and it's a small truck and I love it. Uh, that's, you should get a, I a like the Ford truck. Maverick, but yeah. those are kind of real hard to find. For now, but if you wait, yeah, uh, it's funny. <laughs> I shouldn't wait though, because something else is going to happen to that fucking car. I'm yeah. pretty sure I've paid more in repairs for that car at this point oh, than yeah. I have for the fucking car when I bought it. Period. You're gonna have to put that car on ice. I told my mom, let's just drive it off a, a the flume. A cliff. Yeah, uh, the guy who sold it to me uh, when it first when this first fucked up, I was like, "Do you want to buy it back just for parts?" And he was like, well, how much? And I was like, I don't know what's fair. I don't know anything about cars. I'm a fucking idiot, right? Yeah, me too. I don't know anything about cars either. And I was like, what's fair, $500? And he was like, just the engine is $500. And I was like, oh, well, what would you want to do then? And he was like, well, I can't go much higher than that because that's what you already thought. And I was like, god damn it. I should have just started high. fucked up your uh, negotiation. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Well, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. And then when... And then, and three times they changed the price on me, the, the, the auto shop. And each time they did, I was like, ah, I should have just sold it back to that dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say Ford Mavericks are sick. Yeah. I've, uh, as a smaller truck person myself, mm-hmm. um, I've looked at those a lot. Uh, I wouldn't switch cause I have a 2019, uh, Chevy Colorado. So I don't need a new vehicle, but, uh, if I bought one today, I might have bought a Maverick because they're fucking sick. And you can get a hybrid. Well, you know, I have that they, old, I have that old ass Ford Ranger too, and I love that still. Yeah, but the new Ford Rangers are fucking huge. Anyways, we don't want to get mm. into the car talk. No, we don't need to. We've already derailed. Yes, derail as usual. Uh, my quick thing about life, Eric. Yes, lay it on uh, me. Is next week I am going to Las Vegas, Nevada, to go to the When We Were Young Music Festival. Yeah. How many bands are you going to try to watch? Uh, Who are you going for specifically? Well, Eric, I wrote a list for you. Oh, let him on. Uh, anticipating this question. I am going to see My Chemical Romance, who I just saw last month, uh, mm-hmm. two months ago. Uh, My Chemical Romance, my favorite band, Taking Back Sunday, mm. will be there. Uh, Four Years Strong, a amazing uh, pop punk band. Uh, Avril Lavigne's there. So, I mean, obviously, that'll be dope. Uh, Paramore, I do uh, take part in some Paramore. Uh, a Day to Remember, you know, pop punk. 
Uh, AFI is going to be there, which is super weird to me. I've never, I used to, I listened to a lot of AFI in high school, middle school, actually, mostly. And, uh, I've like forgotten they exist. Not don't nobody freak out. Of course I love all Hallows Eve EP. Um, I feel like they're not on that flyer. Am I tripping? They're on that flyer. Yeah. Oh, so it's, I feel like they'd be at the very top. No, isn't that weird? I agree. They're not at the very top no. of that flyer? Well, they are, but they're in the bottom, like in the oh. lower area. Maybe that's why I missed them. And it's super weird because like it's not a band. AFI is not a band I listen to like a lot now. But when I saw it, I was like, what the fuck? Like I used to listen to AFI a lot. So I'm excited they're there. And the used. I got into the used a lot in high school. I'm not really into them much anymore, but it'll be nostalgic. Well, like 10, 15 years ago, I saw the Wonder Years. Oh, nice. I think they're there, but they are. There's a bunch of like smaller bands, and I'm sorry, Shane, but there's a bunch of like. Um, I was very. Sp- I love pop punk, but I only like some pop punk. Like gotcha. uh, people got into like Man Overboard, The Wonder Years. Uh, who else? Uh, I like Neck Deep. Some Neck Deep's another one. They're there. What about Real Friends? Uh, nope, not exactly. That's what I'm saying. There's a bunch right. of them. More like the Sad Boy. Uh, pop punk. I never really got into a lot of that. Right. So, uh, sorry, Shane. Uh, saw a massacre. I love you, but um, I'm more into the like fun breakdowny, like hardcorey pop punk, not the sad boy pop punk. Gotcha. Uh, there's anyways. This is derailed again into a. That's a, fine. A You're a lot more brief than I was. But yeah, so I'm just excited. It's next week. We're going to that, and then uh, gonna fuck around in Vegas for like four days. Damn. Uh, so it's gonna be a fucking exciting trip and maybe I recap it whenever I come back. We'll see if that festival, uh, takes place, uh, like goes without a hitch. I right. guess is the way I'll put it. Right. Um, so oh, ice nine kills is going to be there. Yes. Yes, they are. There's a bunch of like auxiliary bands that I definitely want to check out if I can. But, uh, yeah, I like Jimmy world is there. So I'd is like there to like, watch Jimmy world. Is there like multiple stages and bands are going to yeah. be playing at the same time? It's basically a mini warp tour. Gotcha. So there's going to be... Because uh, I feel like there's like 40 bands on that flyer. I think there's five stages. Might mm-hmm. be four. Uh, which Warp Tour used to do it like that. So I'm kind of... Accustomed? Uh, I was going to say, I'm kind of used to this. Like we used to go to Warp Tour and the first thing you do when you went through Warp Tour... I went to Warp Tour for 13 years. Uh, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I did go for 13 years in a row. And the first thing you do when you walk into Warp Tour is get a schedule, like instantly. Mm-hmm. And then you would have to look and see... What bands are playing when? Who can you sacrifice that's playing at the same time to see the other band? Mm. Um, like right now, so when we were young uh, is three nights. Um, the first two nights take place this weekend. We're going to next weekend. And they're split in a, by a week? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, so we're going the third day, which is next week. And, um, Just because uh, more bands re- you care about are then? Uh, they're all, it's the whole lineup is the exact same for all three days. Oh, so, um, but what's terrifying is they released the schedule online for the first two days. I'm guessing it's going to be the same schedule for the, for that third day, but they haven't said that. And already there's a conflict between the two bands. I want to see the Mm. second most taking back Sunday. Who's my favorite band. They're playing at the same time as four years strong, which is one of the only reasons I'm going is to see, you know, like Mike Hem. Take it back Sunday, four years strong, and then everyone else. Like, I don't say that. Like, I mean, of course, seeing like Avril Lavigne would be cool. I used to listen to A Day to Remember a lot, AFI, but I'm going to see those three bands, and two of them are playing at the same time. So, but again, I'm kind of used to that because Warp Tour used to, that used to happen on Warp Tour all the time. Anyways, when we were young, uh, 
I can't wait to go. And I guess I will tell the story of it on the on next the, episode, the next episode huh? uh, of the Ghoul Squad podcast. That sounds good. Duh. Sounds fun. Okay, Eric. Um, anything else on this life section of the podcast? That's all I got, duh. Well, thanks so much for listening to the Ghoul Squad podcast, everybody. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we will get to Halloween ends later. But first, we must do what we've been watching. Yep. Let's do what we've been watching, duh. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Okay, Eric. <laughs> yes. What do you want to do first? Uh, do Hellraiser. Do Hellraiser? Yes. Okay, let's do Hellraiser. Why don't let's, you... Let's do David Bruckner's 2020 Hellraiser. I feel like I say this phrase a lot, but okay. this is definitely a very anticipated movie of mine. For sure. I was uh, so excited because I was off this weekend as well, and it was the first thing I did when I woke up Friday was I booted up yes, and Hellraiser, dog. And, and as I'm sure everyone knows, and as I said on the last podcast, this is the same team that did The Night House. Correct. Which was my favorite movie of last year. So this was super exciting. Eric, tell us about Hellraiser. Sure. Quick, David Bruckner's Hellraiser. Quick quick synopsis. Yes. What uh, is it? We follow a woman who is an addict. Uh, she has a strange, excuse me, strained relationship uh, with her brother. Uh, she comes in possession of the, is there a name for the puzzle box? I was just thinking, oh God, we're going to like, speak, it's called this. Right. I was just going to say. Yeah, we just lost all credibility. Fucked up. We, let's just end the pod now. Yeah, fuck. I'm just, I got a gun in the car. We can just murder-suicide it. Uh, she comes in uh, contact with the puzzle box, and um, it takes her on a journey. Yes. How about that? Uh, Eric, what is your relationship with uh, Hellraiser, the franchise, and the original film? Sure. You know, the original is like, uh, you know, one of those films that I hold highly because Anchor Bay put it out. Yeah. So it's a film that I like a bunch uh, because of that. You know, that's probably how I discovered it was the Anchor Bay DVD. I remember those two DVDs, Halloween and Hellraiser, had like very similar covers. Okay. Right. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, walking through the uh, the Hastings horror aisle for the 500th time, you know, of the week, you know. Yes. Always stood out. Um, and do you like Hellraiser? I'll tell you what, dog. <laughs> I, I kind of like, like those first two films. Yeah, oh yeah. And I've actually never seen all the sequels. Um, We've threatened to do that before. Uh, I remember one time, uh, this was probably like years ago, Da. They were all on Netflix and I gave up like probably number four, number five. And so I don't think I've seen like Scott Derrickson's. Yeah. Um, I didn't see Fat Pinhead. Um, and then whatever last one they did was a 2018 Lionsgate. And I remember thinking like, that was okay. But like, I guess I'm not a Hellraiser guy. Me either. I like the first film. It's a fucking classic. But uh, it's like, uh, it's pretty foreign to me. And going into this film, I was kind of worried about that. Like if we were doing trivia and you hit me with a Hellraiser lore question, I ain't getting it right. Yeah, it's funny, Eric, because 
I feel pretty much the exact same as everything you just said. And here's uh, what's wonderful about David Bruckner's Hellraiser. It's not really a sequel. It's not really a remake. It's not really a reboot. It's kind of its own entity. Yeah. You don't need any of the previous Hellraisers. It's kind of a jumping off point. And yeah, I mean, I agree. My relationship with Hellraiser is simply that I really like that first movie. Right. I think I've seen it twice. So I'm not like a huge fan, but that's not to say it's not really good. It's just, you know, like Halloween, I've seen like 3000 times. Sure. Hellraiser, I think I've seen twice. I think I've seen Hellraiser 2 once. And I've never seen another Hellraiser movie after that. And you, know, I'm sorry no, to ahead. interrupt you, but you know, Facebook hits you with your memories. Uh, one of the memories I had um, recently, it was this month, was I guess I was posting what movies I was watching uh, uh, each day in October. And one of them was Hellraiser 3. And you don't remember it? No, fuck no. <laughs> but I just thought, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's tight. I, I wanted to get that. I've always, you know, since it came out, that Arrow box it's set. It's so expensive now, though. Yeah, the Scarlet Box. Yes, it's the first three. Yeah, and I and I want that because I really don't need any of the others. And really, I just want one and two. Uh, but I don't even own Hellraiser because I want either that box set or a new 4K from Arrow, which I'm assuming they'll eventually do. Mm. But yeah. I agree. Like I am not a Hellraiser fan and I don't have real, I basically don't have a relationship with the first movie as well as Clive Barker to an extent. He's only done three films, right? Lord of Illusions, uh, Nightbreed and Hellraiser. Yes. I've seen Nightbreed once that director's cut mm-hmm. actually at your house. That was like a big deal. I remember when Scream Factory put it yeah, out. The Cabal cut. Right. Um, I've seen both cuts and I remember thinking I enjoyed the director's cut more. Yeah, and I just watched the director's cut at your place. But yeah, I mean, so yeah. So what's our relationship with Hellraiser? We don't really have a big one. Right. Um, and I think kind of like you were saying, Eric, like, do, should I start? Go for it. Um, you know, really my excitement, and I feel bad for any huge Hellraiser fan out there because like I was basically coming at it from, holy shit, Bruckner and those two guys are making a new Hellraiser movie. Right, not the character or the... Right, or the franchise or, the franchise, or that. Right. Um, That's it was, fair. It was just exciting to get like a film from them in like also like a violent, crazy franchise. Right, right. It's cool that the uh, director we like was taking a stab. If you will. A, an established franchise. And you know, I think the result is, you know, really fucking cool. Um, that, that would be the best way I could explain it because it... I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's, it's definitely not the night house. I think the night house is basically a five out of five movie. Like I feel like the night house has, I mean, there's no, you know, uh, there's no, you know, tears in the paper in that movie. It's fucking perfect from beginning to end. Now, whether you like it as a five out of five, that's different, but the movie is perfect. This didn't feel quite that like, um, well, well put together that tight. Uh, but it was more of what I liked from Bruckner, you know, cause he's also done the ritual, um, right. and some of, he did a, a, a thing on Southbound, um, I think the original VHS, right. Um, and then also the signal anyways. Um, so we, we like Bruckner and I just really, really, uh, my notes are, you know, I said it was stylish as hell because I feel like it was just more of like his cool fucking style. Like he shoots this thing like it's fucking, uh, you know, a dope horror painting. Uh, I think it looks cool as fuck. The score is insane. Mm. Um, you when know, it starts. I don't know what it is, but it's like 
incredibly like dramatic. Yes. Yeah. And I, you know, those, I guess I should say those types of scores like work on me, like the, the, the Hans Zimmer esque like horns and stuff. There you go. That's a good description. Yeah. And, and so, um, and this is the same guy that did the score for the night house. So ding, ding. I liked it a lot. Like mm. I feel like it elevated the movie, his visual style and the score elevated, like basically sort of okay characters. Mm. Um, I saw where people were upset with the trope of her being an addict. But I was okay with that. That never bothered yeah. me. Like that's what uh, her addiction is is what causes her to have the um, her run-in with the box. And I thought that was a fine setup. I thought that was a fine premise. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely rang of Evil Dead. Sure, remake. I mean, I, I immediately thought of that, but that didn't bother me. But that was also a cool use of it in that movie. Right. So I don't know from that. And, well, and it's, it's the same... I guess idea where we can, where the other characters can disregard that character right. because she's addicted. Yep. But uh, it didn't bother me. Eric, did you, what'd you think of Hellraiser? So I liked it a lot and I think I'm in the minority here. I see a lot of people uh, frustrated with it, but here's two things that E-Dog likes that the film did. One, monsters. The Cenobites had a lot to do, I thought. And two, that film is super well explained. Like there's nothing left to the imagination. Yeah. That film is wrapped up in a bow tie. I have no idea what the fucking Cenobites are doing in any of the fucking Hellraisers, but I can tell you exactly what they're fucking doing and exactly what the villain is trying to achieve in this film. And I love that. I love the the design of the creatures. And there's a moment, Da, in that film where like the the foot is really on the fucking gas pedal. Yeah. Where it was just kind of like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. I feel like it kind of loses that towards the end, but I yeah. just thought it was an exciting film. I really liked it, Da. I totally agree. I mean, it to me was just like, I, you know, I thought it was fun as hell. It looks fucking sick. I love David Bruckner's visual style. And he's like, he was really good in this film and The Night House at like visual storytelling. And so it's kind of like funny to me that you're saying that it's well explained because mm -hmm. I don't feel like it's a lot of exposition of people just like talking. I felt like it was a lot of more like show showing, especially mm -hmm. early on, like as someone that's not like a big Hellraiser fan, you know, I was pretty sure I knew how the puzzle box worked, but I was, I was like, is that how it works? I can't remember. And even the opening scene, you know, is visual storytelling. The opening scene is fucking gangbusters. Mm. Um, I almost wonder if they sold the film on that. Right. Uh, just because it's so cool and stylish. Uh, way to open into this, like, franchise back up. I, I think everything about it is amazing except for, like, mm. some of Late the body me. count character people that are in it. Ooh. Like, they're very, like... Some of the friends. We want you to be okay, and, mm. and she's like, just leave me alone. Like it's shit mm. like that. And it's like, it's not very, you know, I mean, Rebecca Hall, I hate to keep bringing up the night house, but Rebecca Hall in the night house is like an all time performance. Gotcha. This has nothing like that, but that's not really what this film is. I thought it was a fucking blast and it's gorgeous. And I love the score. Um, so no, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, like I kind of really want to see it again. Uh, it's funny. Cause I, I actually, you know, this is going to be sort of, the opposite of what I'm saying, uh, this part of my, of my story, but, um, I went over to, you know, my brother and his wife, Ben and Sabre, and I was like, Hey, um, the first thing I told him was, I was like, well, I don't think you have to see this. And I was like, cause there's a, you already watched it. Uh, me. Yes. I, you watched it by yourself. I watched you... it by myself. Okay. Gotcha. And I was like, you know, as people that, you know, of course they love horror and, you know, but this isn't like some, this isn't like the best movie of the year that you have. If you're like, I feel like they need to see Barbarian. Sure. You know, I felt like this was more of like a horror fan driven film, uh, at least for me. So 
I don't think it's perfect, but I really like it. Um, you know, I'm, I don't want to say anything spoilery, but then there was like set pieces in the film that I was just like super into. Uh, some of the kills, there's like chase scenes. Yeah. Um, all of that. I just, I would describe the film as exciting. Yeah. I really that's, liked that's it. I was, I was saying fun. Yeah. Because I feel like it's, it's, uh, you know, you get, you get these, it's, it's funny because I feel like he's a, you know, set piece director. I mean, mm. that's what the night house and uh, even the ritual to an extent, they're all just based around these big set pieces that go off like roller coaster rides. Mm. Um, and, you know, as, 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 you know, Keegan Preslak, I talk on this podcast, that's my favorite thing. I love uh, set pieces. Yeah. Um, and this has a bunch of them. Uh, but yeah, and it's, it's also violent mm-hmm. and crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the visual effects reach a bit too far. Okay. Uh, but they look good enough, you know? So, um, yeah, I thought this was, I loved it. I, w- I wish I could I'm own with this. Me too. I'm hundred percent there with you. Anything else on Hellraiser? Other than I liked it a bunch. No. Anyone else? Like if you can watch it, fucking help watch Hellraiser. Yeah, if you're a horror fan, you'll love it. And and you, and you just mean if it's available to you, right? I wonder what the issue, what, what issues are you referring to that aren't spoilery? Like what, what, oh, what were you hearing? Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head on one of them was like, character dialogue yeah uh the trope that she she's an addict um i've seen people bl- uh say it was too long complain about the effects the way the cenobites look just kind of bullshit like that that i had no issues with yeah i don't think it's a spoiler to say that this film uh made made an interesting choice to me which is that the cenobites don't wear like leather so i i read a an and, interview and, real quick okay you know this could be small spoilers for the movie but it's just the look it's not about the plot go ahead Eric. um it was david bruckner and david goyers in the new episode of fangor they're talking about how like leather is kind of not like uh, a taboo thing anymore so they thought they should wear their own skin yeah and that's how they came up with the idea that like they're further mutilated and they're just wearing their own And it's skin. like way more gruesome looking that they're like basically like, I think, um, uh, uh, well, Pinhead in this film mm. uh, is wearing like a, basically like a skin dress. And did you notice the Chatterer had a big dick? I didn't notice I that. I did notice that until I was reading this, uh, this article <laughs> in Fangoria. I didn't notice that. I was that. like, that Chatterer got a big dick, nah? Okay, and on that note, Eric, anything <laughs> else about David Bruckner's Hellraiser? Negative. Available on Hulu. Go watch it. We loved it. Yes. Cool Squad says approved. Check it out. Yep. Eric. Yes. Our next film is our next film is E Dog's Horror Surprise Hit of the Year. So this is, it's <laughs> gonna be tough because I thought it okay, so we're about to talk smile. Yes. Which is crazy that I liked smile so much. I, I thought it was okay. Just okay. Yeah, so I'll just just so you know what the tenor is. I thought it was fine. Damn, I liked Smile. I, I thought it was like when I say fine, I I don't want to like. I thought it was good. Right, but I you're I, never gonna watch it again. No, ever. You're never um, gonna buy I Smile. Will not buy it. No, but Eric. So now you know how. I, but Eric, what what is okay. Smile? Okay, quick quick synopsis. Right, uh, this woman is a therapist. Uh, she sees uh, a patient who is quickly in her care kill herself in front of her. She soon learns that she's cursed and she's going to kill herself in four to seven days unless she can figure out how to break uh, this curse. Yes. So what's neat is it kind of has this it follows aspect premise. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. Uh, whoever does something is then going to do the same thing. Then in this case, 
be killed. Um, I was super into that. But I think what uh, impressed me the the most about Smile was it's just kind of a downer the entire time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think... And it, like, it sticks with that tone the entire time. And like, there's like shit... Um, I don't think this is a spoiler to say. The film opens, or at least it's early in the film, our main character... Um, I think her name is Rose. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Anyways, you learn that uh, she finds her mom dead, that she's overdosed on pills. But then later in the film, it doubles down on that. Something yeah. even worse happens. Yeah. And I appreciated that the film was willing to go down this, I'm going to use uh, air quotations here, dark path. I definitely agree. And that's why I did like it. Like, I thought it was good. It It's definitely um, that I... I I'm going to give her praise and I don't even know her name. The actress that Susie Bacon, Sosie Bacon. Okay. Kevin pl- Bacon's daughter. Is it really? It the, is. That plays the main character is carries the movie for sure. And is so good. Um, I was really surprised cause I'd never seen her before. And I was like, man, she's like, she's like, she is smile. You right. Know? Um, so I thought she was amazing. And I think, uh, this is going to sound like, like super glasses pushing up, but that's all I can do. Um, I was, being Kiki. I was surprised by like the set design and the colors of the movie. Um, there's a bunch of stuff like in the uh, doctor's office and there's like these pink walls, all these like muted tones, but yeah. like specific colors and, uh, the way it was shot, I was like, man, this is like way better than it had any right to be. Mm. Like it looks way better than it had any right to be as sort of like just basically a jump scare movie. Right. So I definitely like, as it started, I was like, Ooh, I'm good. I, I actually leaned over to my brother and I said, I'm going to like this. Mm. He was like, this is fucking cool. And it is cool, but I do feel like it's sort of, um, I, I feel bad saying this, but I feel like it sort of gets boring towards the end. Really? I thought I feel like it, it drags. And then we finally get like a finale and I was kind of over it by then. No, I just love a good mystery. And I sure. was like on board with her. Like we got, we got to solve this shit. No, we got to, yeah. we got to break this curse. And then I would not have guessed where it goes. Yeah. When she returns home. Um, so I was like super into that. Um, uh, there's, uh, I will not spoil, but there's something with a cat and oh, uh, yeah. that was probably like my favorite part of the movie. More of the downness that I yes. appreciated. Yeah. Very mean spirited things uh, with a cat. And I was like, you know, I was like, holy shit. Fuck. Yeah. Um, I just feel like it sort of didn't, uh, it, it, it didn't keep up that. I was kind of over it by the end. Um, but I think it's good. So yeah, yeah. I don't want to take the whole thing up, but what oh. did you like about smile? Uh, well, like I was saying, you know, all the da- downness um, that it sticks with. Um, the bleakness, yes, I guess is, is a better term. And, and I, that was what I liked about it the most. Um, fuck, there's something I want to say, but I'm, I'm going to refrain. Yeah. Uh, and then there's one, something I want to say about the end too, but I can't. Uh, but then there was like some stuff that was also like, uh, unintentionally silly, but I was okay with that. Like I had fun laughing at it, you know, so I don't think it really dragged, but man, the character of the fiance, uh, yes, <laughs> there's a part in the film when, you know, they think the main characters having mental health issues and I can't remember the, the, you know, exact line or anything, but, uh, the fiance character says that he Googled mental health. Yes. And he knows that, you know, it can be inherited from her mother. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, this is terrible. And maybe it's just the delivery of that actor. And I like that guy. He's the, he's fucking a train in the boys on Amazon prime. But there was also some shit like that, that I thought was fun to laugh at. You know, I yeah. thought this, I had a good time in the theater with fucking I, smile. Dog. I, I hope that, you know, this is, I feel bad because let me say again, I did too. Right. I just didn't love it, but I thought it was fucking cool as hell. Well, there, there was two instances. That I were, mean, if you like horror, if you like, 
you know, I don't think this, I mean, Hellraiser is like legitimately fucking sick. Uh, I just thought this was fun and cool, but, but not like you said, it's a one-time watch, never go back, but it is totally worth seeing. Uh, so was, I, I don't want to make it sound like I don't like it. There was two instances in my life where I was forced to, to recognize that I liked smile. Um, <laughs> and it was like, I wanted to downplay smile in my head. So like the, the film ends and I went with Dana Shout and, out. and, uh, I was like, damn, I think I'm going to give it a four on letterbox, but I'm only going to go three and a half. So people don't think I'm crazy. And Dana was like, if you like that much, give it that much, you know? Yeah, so, says, so that says so, the guy that pesters you incessantly about your ratings, letterbox ratings. Yeah. That was, that was instance. Number one, instant number two was my nephew who works at the theater. Uh, he was like, so what'd you like more black phone barbarian or smile? I was like, fuck, I like Smile the most of those three films. No way. Yeah. Um, E-Dog likes Smile. I like Smile more than Hellraiser. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely like Hellraiser more than Smile. <laughs> but, but I really like Hellraiser, too. I just like horror films, dog. Me, too, dog. I, I fucking said I liked it. And, and there's nothing wrong that you didn't enjoy it as much as I did. Um, you, now, out of those films, I agree. Uh, so, Black Phone, no. Uh, it's fine. Good. I'm glad people like Black Phone. Not for me. Uh, but, yeah, Barbarian is the best out of those three uh, for me. Well, my opinion may change when I revisit it. Yeah, I mean... I had to travel. It was a dark screen. I was a little tired. Yeah, it's out there. You know, I was fucking... I was uh, driving along. Yeah, but I did like it a lot. Uh, and like I said, it does have... A, it was way... Like, I know this sounds like, like I'm backhanded complimenting it, but... It is way better than it has any right to be. And well, that, shout out to that dude. Is he a first, is that his director of debut? I don't know. I want to say his name is Parker Stevens, but that's probably not right. I'm just making up <laughs> that's names. Someone that lives in that is from Carlsbad. Oh fuck! But hope uh, they don't listen. Shout out. But uh, yeah, so smile. It was cool. Eric loves it. Yeah. His favorite movie of the year. Fuck yeah! Are you gonna buy Smile? Probably. It's gonna, dude, and there and there's a 4K of Smile, but not fucking Barbarian or well, it's tight that yeah, Smile also made a lot of money. Yeah, it was that was great. Yeah, uh, leading up to Halloween Sh- ends too. Shout out R-rated horror making money in the theater. Totally, totally. And uh, I was also gonna say Pearl is not getting a 4K, which pissed me off. No, but I'm excited for that Walmart exclusive cover. Me too. I'm eating an oatmeal pie, guy. Sorry. As, as we've gone away from Pearl, I. I, I, it's not, but I'm like, Pearl rules, dah. I'm still like, is Pearl my favorite movie of the year? It rules, dah. I, I love Pearl, dah. Yeah. I like it more than X. I can't wait to watch that movie again. Yeah, fuck yeah. November 15th. So, Eric. Yeah. Uh, we have one more film left that we're going to do together. Ah. And uh, we'll go through it quickly. It's called Don't Worry, Darling. As Eric eats a uh, oatmeal cream pie, because Eric loves cream pies. I didn't see the movie. You didn't see it at all? I didn't watch Don't Worry, Darling. Okay, I hope anybody could hear that. Eric did not see Don't Worry, Darling, apparently. Not my papa voodoo. You know, it sucks. Don't Um, Worry, Darling. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah, let me pop my voodoo, too. Pop your voodoo, doll. We're drinking the baby voodoos from Amazon. But I finally found them at the Carlsbad Walmart, even though it's not a big deal anymore. Ooh, so this just turned into... A voodoo cast, huh? Yeah. This is Keegan's first time trying it. What'd you think, Dodd? Did those buttery flavors just hit your fucking tonsils nicely? It kind of tastes like orange. I think it tastes like fucking airheads. Really? As you yeah. eat on the podcast. Yeah. As I, yeah. Would you like me to review this oatmeal <laughs> pie now? Okay. 
So, uh, you know... Uh, do, you want, do you want that other oatmeal pie? You can have it, Doc. No, I'm offering it to you. Not right now. Okay. Not while we're recording the podcast okay. uh, in the middle of a show here. Sorry, I didn't know if that was rude. I'm that doing, I did. I'm, I'm doing is it wrong show. that I just ate that oatmeal pie? No, I'm just kidding. No. I needed a little dessert uh, the, the, for the my joke, dinner. The joke is I'm doing a show here, Da. Okay. Uh, so anyways. You're walking here. Yes. Don't worry, darling. <clears throat> you know what's hilarious to me? Uh, as I think back to Don't Worry, Darling, it's not very horror, so I won't go on about it, but I thought it'd be fun to talk to Eric about. He apparently did not watch it. And the funniest True. joke of them all, I think Eric would really like Don't Worry, Darling. Don't Worry, Darling. I can't believe you didn't see it. Don't Worry, Darling. Uh, this is a film that I'm not going to talk at length about because it's not very horror, but it's somewhat. Well, what category would you put it in? Uh, Sci-fi? Yes. Okay. I would put really? it in the category of The Truman Show. Okay. Well, thanks for spoiling the film. I would put it in the category of Pleasantville. How's that a spoiler? Because those are very specific films that you just mentioned about a, a, a real reality that's not. Feeling trapped somewhere, not sure about your reality. That's what Don't Worry Darling is okay. in, in all the trailers. And what is it, Eric? Oh, I didn't spoil it, so you don't know. I mean, you just described three films that were very specific. So, in Don't Worry Darling at the okay. end. Uh, I actually don't give a shit because I ain't going to watch so the film. So, Flor- Florence Pugh's character... Uh, takes a boat out on the water. Oh, shit. And then no. eventually her boat rams into like a wall that okay. looks like clouds. Mm-hmm. And then she she gets out of the boat and walks up the side of the staircase that goes up to a door. And then I'm describing the Truman Show now. I know that. Uh, so yeah, that does not happen in the fucking Don't Worry Darling. So uh, spoilers. Actually, she has to unplug from the back of her head. Yes. So... Uh, as we, this is, this is fucking a blast. Uh, if you've seen the trailer for don't worry, darling, uh, I don't think it's any spoiler to say that it is questioning a reality film. And, uh, yeah. So Were there any titties, I don't think so. Okay. But I was, there's a lot of sex though. Okay. A lot of hot sex. Uh, no. So look, I don't want to go on long about it. Um, I thought this was really cool. Uh, there's a lot of sexy time with Florence Pugh. Uh, I think she carries the entire film. I like her as an actress. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I thought this was, like, entertaining as fuck is is what I would call it. Okay. And, like, when it was over, I was like, damn, that was entertaining as fuck. And, like, that's it. So, it's not, like, high art. It's not the best movie of the year. But uh, you, you like Booksmart more? Oh, yes. Booksmart, yes. Booksmart's, like, a very, very good movie. This was just a fucking, a lot of fun. Yeah, entertaining as fuck. Uh, Really good looking people getting into a crazy mystery and fucking each other. Okay. If that sounds good to you, Don't Worry Darling is down your road. Mm. And with that, Eric, I'm done with Don't Worry Darling. Did I ruin it for you, Doug? No. Okay. I'm just, it's crazy you didn't see it. Like, what do you have to do in this town that you can't go see a theatrical film that looks interesting? Skate, play session. Work. No, you're right. I agree. Hang out with my mom. No, I agree. That sounds... You know what? I think I might hang out with your mom, too. Yeah. A lot of those things sounded a lot better than Don't Worry, Darling. Don't worry, darling. <laughs> Eric, yeah. uh, give me your next what you've been watching. Oh, my God. I finally saw it. Rob Zombie's The Munsters. And I was so worried about this film because that trailer they released was not good. Yes. And so I was like... I was worried... What was the monsters? The monsters. The monsters. I mean? And uh, even after my initial watch, I was still unsure of the monsters. And uh, so I watched it again. And what it is, it's uh, very low stakes. It's based off a 60s sitcom. 
um, silly monster movie. Yeah. And I say, yeah, like I've seen it. Right. I, I haven't. And, and, and that's enough, you know, uh, it's brightly lit. It's, 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 uh, it's a live action cartoon. It is what me, it is. D- d- does it seem like a stage play? Cause the preview, the trailer made it look like that. No, I wouldn't say. Okay, good. That's no. a good thing. Um, but I liked it a lot. I liked it so much that it was gateway horror for E-Dog. And you must be wondering, what the fuck are you talking about? How is the Munsters gateway horror for E-Dog, right? I needed more silly monster movies after I watched the Munsters. So, next film I want to talk about was Abbott and Costello meet, meet Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah, I had never fucking you know, seen this film. But thanks to the Munsters, I was motivated um, in Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Uh, Dracula has a plan where he wants to make Frankenstein's monster more subservient by putting an even dumber brain into uh, Frankenstein. With no explanation, Larry Talbot, the Wolfman, wants to stop him. So the Wolfman teams up with Abbott and Costello to stop um, Dracula and the Frankenstein's monster. And this is, you know, this is like 50s black and white humor, maybe not really E-Dog, you know. Sure. Um, you know, I probably had like a polite smile on my face uh, the entire time watching this film, but maybe the last 10, 15 minutes, all the monsters are finally loose and running amok. And I thought, God damn, this is, this is fun. (laughs) You thought, God damn, I love the monster squad. (laughs) Well, I did rewatch that, but I'm not here to discuss that. I want to continue with the, the gateway horror. The monsters open for me. Okay. The next film I watched was Mel Brooks, 1974, Young, Young Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah, I, have you seen this, Doc? Yes. Um, I was kind of surprised at how straight the film is. I mean, What do you mean by that? I mean, there's definitely like a lot of humor, definitely a lot of comedy. But my interpretation of Young Frankenstein is it's a sequel to Frankenstein. Yeah. You learn that Gene Wilder's character, uh, I love Gene Frederick Wilder. Uh, Frankenstein. Um, I haven't seen this movie since I was probably 10 years old. Uh, he's the grandson of the Frankenstein and he doesn't want to be associated, you know, with the name. Right. But he's tricked into moving into Transylvania and, you know, creating um, a new monster. But yeah, I was just like, this was just another one I had a good time with. This was a film that my father would talk a lot about. Um, And I think the only way young Frankenstein could have been better was if I could have seen it with him. Oh, yeah. So I had a blast with some silly monster movies recently that's amazing eric uh anything else yeah you have one more because I, I i can throw something in i've got two more but why don't you go since i talked for a sec so i'll throw something in again i won't go long on this i did watch hocus pocus 2 <laughs> like you know that like so eric <laughs> eric like finished his his voodoo yes and it was like a car coming to a screeching halt mm. um eric have you seen hocus pocus the original yeah Yes, 100 times. Okay, me too. Uh, have you seen Hocus Pocus 2? I have not, and I don't plan on it. Okay. Uh. So uh, let me let me start Hocus Pocus 2 by saying this is totally fine, Bullshit. serviceable okay. Disney Plus garbage. Okay. But ultimately, yeah, this ain't it, Chief. Because it's just, let me ask you this. I'm going to throw out a number of things. Okay. Uh, Ask me questions because I don't right. really want to review it. Um, is it your age? Was it just poorly made? 
Was it, uh, I don't know if there's a term for this, where, where it's like they just waited too long to make the sequel and they shouldn't have made it at all. Yeah. Was it any of those things for you? Well, kind of everything you're saying. I mean, I definitely don't dislike it because of like the themes. I know that I've seen some of that online where like it's like millennial or, or woke or whatever. Like obviously oh. I don't give a fuck about that. That's right. That has nothing to do with why I thought it was fine. Um, why did you watch it? Uh, because I like Hocus Pocus, and I watched it with my brother and his wife. My, my uh, Sabra, shout out. Were you at least drinking? Uh, I feel like that, that may have alleviated. I cannot remember, so probably. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, um, no, so Hocus Pocus 2 is just, I don't know. It's like that brand of like this new Disney content that they shoot most of it in on like a stage. Sure. And it looks cheap, and it's like, I think the biggest thing about it, and again, I'll push my glasses up, it just looked like, they pointed the like it wasn't visually stunning in any way. It, it just it felt like TV. It felt like they were just pointing the camera at shit like that was overlit. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it, it didn't feel artful to me in any way. Like it didn't feel like a piece of art. It felt like just consumer, like just content. It didn't feel like a film actually. It felt like content, and I cringe saying that, but that's what it felt like. And as like a nostalgic content thing for hocus pocus it's fine it's not horrible but uh it just felt like it felt like nothing to me like just nothing if you rated films on letterbox what would you give hocus pocus to a two probably out of five which is pretty low for me i mean i would give most things a two and a half okay a two maybe a one and a half but probably a two because you know it's it's like a nostalgia play you know, it just feels like nobody involved in the original film except for the three actresses. You and know, Doug Jones, right? Uh, Doug Plays Jones, Billy. So just actors, but like no creative uh, person. Like Mick Garris right. wrote the original film; he's not involved. Um, that director's not involved. So like, it just feels like people just took it over and were like, "eh," and just like farted this out. Right is what it feels like. Now, I will say that uh, I can't remember all their names, but the three. Uh, Bette Midler, Sir Jessica, Jessica Parker, and, and the third one, and the third one, yeah. yeah. Um, they're great. They seem like they're having a good time. So it's not necessarily all bad. Mm. Like it is cool to see them again. I heard there was no talking cat. Uh, spoilers. No, oh, yeah, sorry. there is no talking cat. But then there's like weirdness where like suddenly the film like will just randomly mention that the film exists in the film. That's the, weird. The original. And uh, I think it might be just a throwaway thing, but it's just like not a well thought out film. How it's like a that? weird moment. They break the fourth wall. Yeah, sort of. Let me yes. ask you this. Children watching it, do you think they're going to grow up and be like, man, Hocus Pocus 2. And then when they, ever, they make three, they're like, we're nostalgic for that now. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Because it's fine. Okay. Uh, there's a couple good jokes uh, that I guess I won't expose because it would be a spoiler. Um, it just feels like not what you would want. Are there? You, are there... Child characters relatable? Because I feel like that was like a big thing in the original film. We were probably like the age of those children when that film came out. Not to me, but maybe to this generation, yeah. I mean, and again, there's three uh, younger girls that are are the main characters, and they're they're fine. They're they're totally passable. Maybe it's because I'm not their age. I don't know. But um, yeah, I think more so just like the, the, the tenor of the film just feels like nonsense. Like... Uh, at times it's nostalgic and cool, and then at other times, you know, they're they're promoting Walgreens for an entire you know twenty minutes. That's weird, and it's very weird. Um, so it's almost like 
eh, we don't have money and eh, just shit this out to sell more merchandise. And right. I, and I am not that With kind product of placement. Yes. And I am not that kind of person, you know, like I love the new star Wars films. Like I, I am not the type of person that would be like, Oh, there's product placement. It wasn't that it just felt like overall, like, eh, fuck it. I guess we'll make this and shoot it like shit. And it looks like shit. And it's like, you know what I mean? Right. Like just not a whole lot of artistic value. Um, and you might think, okay, well, the first Hocus Pocus doesn't really have a lot of that. I mean, it's shot on film for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's lit, you know, like Halloween. So it's a lot of colors, greens and oranges. And, you know, this is just like, uh, it looks like a TV show, like a pilot, like a TV pilot. That's gotcha. what it felt like, like bad ABC TV pilot. And on that note, that was Hocus Pocus too. I didn't want to go that long. Well, speaking of this, you know, recent Disney content. Did you watch Werewolf by Night? I have not yet, and I really want to. I was kind of surprised by it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. You know who directed it? Um, he was a composer. Yes, he's my, my my second favorite uh, on me. composer. It's Michael Giacchino. Okay. What uh, films has he scored? All of JJ's films, like oh. Cloverfield and like uh, uh, Super 8. Um, he did the score for Rogue One. A lot of uh, fucking Pixar films. Um, and he scored all of Lost. Oh. So there's why Keegan likes him. Um, it's a super fun premise. Uh, there's this man. He is a monster hunter. And he has died. And he has this charm. It's called the Bloodstone, I think. And in order to decide who gets the Bloodstone now, a bunch of monster hunters are going to fight a monster. And whoever kills the monster will get the Bloodstone. But there's also one catch the hunters can like fight each other. So it's like, not only do they have to worry about the monster they're hunting, they have to worry about um, each other themselves. Yeah. Right. And, uh, damn, I was surprised at the level of violence and gore in this. Yeah. I definitely want to see it. Yeah. You can check it out for sure. Doc. <clears throat> it's my favorite working composer. That's not named John Williams. It's his, uh, directorial debut. Mm. So cool. I, I really want to see it. I know that it's like, uh, different from anything Marvel's ever done. And it's also under an hour. Yeah. So that's tight. I need to pop it on one Sunday morning. I completely forgot about one of my, what I've been watching, Zarek. Go lay it on me, dog. How many more do you have? Two. Well, why don't you give me one? Okay. Uh, So I'll fire. I promise we're about to review Halloween. um, Whenever uh, I signed into Peacock to watch uh, Halloween ends, I don't know what motivated me to look, but there's like, wait a minute. This isn't Peacock. There's a lot of universal monster content on there. I mean, it's not everything, but there's a lot there. I would hope so. And so I watched The Invisible Man Returns. This is 1940. Cool. Um, you know, the creature is my favorite universal monster. But Same if I here. had to pick a favorite universal monster film, it'd probably be The Invisible Man. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'll watch The Invisible Man sequel. You know, this is uh, seven years later. Um, and this is more of like a, a revenge thriller than it is a horror film. Uh, there are these two brothers. One of them played by Vincent Price, who I didn't even know was Vincent Price until the film was over because he's invisible the whole film. But you, you think I would recognize his voice, but I didn't. Um, it's these two brothers. They own a uh, mining operation. This man wants to take it over. So he murders one of the brothers and frames the other one. This is Vincent Price's character. So he's been he's had a trial. He's been convicted. He's going to get the death sentence. And it turns out Vincent Price knows... Frank Griffin. Frank Griffin is supposed to be Jack Griffin, the invis- the original Invisible Man's brother, and he knows how to make uh, the serum. So 
Uh, Vincent Price pleads with Frank Griffin, give me the invisibility serum. He escapes from jail to learn the truth about what happened to his brother. And uh, it's kind of ruled. And I'm very eager to continue the film series. Huh. There's um, The Invisible Woman is next. Then there's The Re- Revenge of the Invisible Man. And fuck, I think there's one more. But yeah, E-Dog loves The Invisible Man. Nice stuff. Yeah. I'm, uh, I feel like I've always, I, I've seen Universal Monster films. I, I own Creature from the Black Lagoon. I love that movie. But I've never delved further like um, into the sequels and shit. And I know it's a blind spot of mine. I Well, yeah, yeah. I'm not well-versed in classical horror at all. Yeah, me either. Um, but uh, Universal just put out a 4K yes. uh, four-pack yep. of The Phantom, The Bride, The Creature, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the third monster. It was fucking 30 bucks the other day. Fuck you. I paid $70 for that. Bro, it was 30 bucks the other day. Are you talking about the new? Yeah, the new the 4K one. Just, one. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That was $30? I swear to God it was. Jesus Christ. Anyways... That just ruined Eric's night. It did, but uh, that's a blind spot I'm trying to clear up. Okay. Uh, and that was? That was The Invisible Man Returns. Nice. Uh, I need to clear that blind spot as well. I never will. You Eric. also need to clean your butthole. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> uh, so- <laughs> Go ahead. Laugh it up, Fuzzball. Laugh it up, Dodge. Your immature humor. I forgot I had one more. I only got and, one more, too. And I will not go long on this. I finally have seen Toby Hooper's The Fun House. Damn, it's so good. I have never seen this movie. And you watched the 4K, I assume. And I watched the 4K that uh, Scream Factory just put out. This I, movie rules, dog. I blind bought it because I was like, you know what? It's Toby Hooper. It's 4K. And it's a film I've never seen. Um, really, really good. It fucking rules, Really dog. good. Um, not Kind of not what I expected. What did you expect, though? Um, I guess I would say more of like a Hellfest type movie. Oh, no. And, all, uh it's definitely a similar idea where the kids are going to spend the yeah, night. Yeah, but they get stuck in the fun house uh, the whole time. And I'm, I guess I'm thinking, I was thinking like a carnival, and they mostly just get stuck in one area. Right. Hopefully um, this isn't a spoiler. They witness a murder. They do. And then they are hunted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cool creature work. A uh, lot of fun. In uh, What I would say is, uh, I do, I, I'll just keep it short on the fun house. Um I found it to be more fucking Toby Hooper craziness. Mm. Um, you know, at times, and Toby Hooper films always have like these moments that just sort of burst into like not, insanity. Yeah, and not really filmic, more like just screaming and yelling or sound effects, you know? And this had that. So it gave me that. And uh, as far as the 4K from uh, Scream Factory, um, I'm guessing this film is just a very soft film in general. Uh, didn't get much out of the 4K, unfortunately, but it, it, it looked filmic. Uh, it was just very soft. I'm guessing... Like your penis. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus, Eric. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing this film is very soft to begin with, uh, so I'm not blaming the 4K. I'm just saying that the film uh, looked great. You know, it looked filmic. It looked... Su- this is probably the best it'll ever look. Is this a film you watched by yourself? Yep. Okay. I watched it last night. Okay. Uh, by myself. And yeah, I, I really... Liked it. I guess I won't go on about it. People get stuck in a fun house at a carnival. And like Eric said. There's that great uh, tribute to Halloween at the start of the film. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. That's one thing I will say. I did like the characters. I connected to them at least a little bit. Mm. um, Where, you know, I think that that's a problem with horror when you don't care about the characters. It's like, it doesn't matter what you do to them. And in this one, I liked them enough. I thought it was... Yeah, I'd never seen this. Uh, I instantly re- was reminded of when we saw uh, Eaten Alive mm. uh, in El Paso mm-hmm. uh, and how I, I feel similar to that. Like, I feel like that movie was really fucking cool, 
but uh, also like not the best movie ever made, but it's just Toby Hooper craziness is the way I would put it. And uh, this felt like more of that with a fucking carnival spin. You know, I, I don't feel this way anymore, but I remember probably a decade ago, I thought The Fun House was Toby Hooper's best film. Yeah, definitely not because of... TCM? Yeah. TCM 2? Yeah, TCM 2. Poltergeist? No, TCM. Well, Poltergeist... Let's not get into it, Eric. You're driving along. Uh, but yeah, the Fun House 4K from Scream Factory. Uh, I think it was like $13 today or some shit on Amazon. Uh, yeah, that's great. You I, sent me that howling link and it was only $12? I paid like $27 for this. So I was like, fuck. Uh, so but, we both got screwed over recently on, yes. on uh, discs from Amazon, huh? But I am very happy to own it. Uh, and that's it for the fun house 4k from screen factory, Toby Hoover, Eric, what's your final film? Uh, my last film is a shutter exclusive, uh, the wildly fun dead stream. If anybody you listening, Keegan, especially are going to take a recommendation on a film that I'm discussing today, it would be dead stream. Um, this is a found footage film about a YouTuber who gets canceled. And so in an effort to get uncanceled, he decides he's going to spend the night in a haunted house. Uh, things go bump. Things get uh, spooky. Uh, I was going to say goopy. A oh. uh, lot of humor. Uh, this is not an original thought. I've seen a lot of people comparing it to Evil Dead, and I agree because it's a single man going crazy uh, in a house because of the craziness that's ensuing in the house. Right. Uh, excellent jump scares. Um, fuck, this was a fun film. This was a film. This this is a film that you should probably uh, watch with friends, what just because it? it's so enjoyable. Deadstream, Deadstream, Deadstream. Yeah, this was a real, real hoot. Uh, just one fun thing about the film is uh, he makes his own scores. Uh, this this character. <laughs> okay. So there's moments when he's like entering a room for the first time. That's scary. He turns on. He has like a little like portable like, like a, a MIDI player. player. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so when he's entering the room, scary music is playing, and then it ends up having. Uh, the house that he's in ends up having like a really fun backstory and really fun ghosts in it that, you know, he's explaining all of it. Um, is this found footage? This is a found footage film. Oh, cool. And uh, so he's, so the gimmick is he's live streaming. Yep. I got that. Uh, the film. By uh, your hand motions. I got that. That's what you were oh, saying. Yeah. And, uh, and so throughout the film, he's setting up other cameras in the house that he can like switch to. So he can see, you know, if a sensor of his goes off, what's going on in this room, you know, um, this was a lot of silly fun. Nice. Yeah. I gotta so I need to see this. Uh strongly recommend Dead String. Damn. Okay. Yeah. And not not that you're gonna get like high art. Yeah. But like you're gonna get like a fun horror film. Yeah. Uh I will say last night, uh shout out to Shane. Shane saw it. I almost took his recommendation. He, almost, but he, didn't. I didn't. <laughs> he told me I need to see this uh this movie, Speak No Evil. Have you heard of this? I've not heard of this. So uh, shout out, Shane. I did think of you, but I paid $30 for this Funhouse 4K, and I was mm. like, I need to watch this. Um, so I do want to see that. He said it's downtrodden and uh, upsetting, which mm. sounds like something I would like. Yeah. And with that, Eric. Shane's got his pulse on new releases. Yes, he does. Yeah. He's the one who told me to watch The Sadness. Mm. Uh, I forgot. So he told me to watch VHS 99 today. I watched. Which is exciting that that came out today. Yes. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never more. And on that, Eric, uh, I think it's time to review to get to our feature presentation. Yep, I think it's about time. <sighs> Hit the music. Hit the music, duh.
O'Carrick. Yes. We are going to review the film called Halloween Ends. Yes. David Gordon Green's Halloween Ends. You know, this is kind of a, I'm kind of, I'm pausing, right? Because it's like, this is, uh, I feel like a big deal. And I hope that we can live up to this review. Mm. Okay, now you got me all nervous. Yes, yes. That's why now, I'm nervous, now, too. Now you got me all shook and scared and Eric worried. Hoff, where should we start? Oh, let's talk about our connection to the franchise. I'd like you to go first. Connection with the franchise? I don't think I have one other than I like horror films. And this is like, you know, the classic of the classics. Uh, uh, to, to us. You know, we, we were just talking about classic horror, black and white. Yes. But I suppose this is classic in the sense that, like, we were young when we discovered uh, these films. And so... That they're classic to at least me. That's, yeah, that's the in terms uh, that I think of. Yeah, I feel like everything that I watch, uh, horror wise, is all owed to at least me. And you don't you don't have to agree. I've told my story before. I won't I won't tell it again. But I saw these very young. My dad showed them to me and my brother on AMC. Uh, one one time we were in uh, you know we we're kids. I'm probably like nine or ten years old or something, and I'm fucking terrified of these movies. Um, I just remember that very vividly. And I feel like I've always, you know, Halloween to me is a film that I, I feel like I compare everything to not, not actively, but it's just like, like, kind of like you're saying, like my film school is like Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like what else? Even into the nineties scream would Hmm. be a good example. Nightmare on Elm street, right? Not just these, these slasher Titans, but you know, these seminal the exorcist is a great example. Um, and Halloween is one of those. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about it at length on this podcast because it's it's my favorite horror movie of all time yeah. is Halloween. And, you know, so Eric, how can we get into ends? Let's talk what we thought of 2018 and Kills just briefly. Okay. So Eric, what did you think of those two films? Uh, well, first of all, both of those films were like exciting. Yes. Uh, you know, Events. Event right, horror. Right. You know, because it was wiping the slate clean. It was only going to be connected to... Uh, the original film, of course, is, it was exciting that um, Jamie Lee Curtis, Jamie is, Lee back. Curtis is coming back. And what's funny is this is her second time coming back, right? Yes. Um, and I also really like H2O. So all that is really exciting. Um, it's exciting that it's like going to be this like big deal. It's like this big director um, attached to the film. And I personally think 2018 and Halloween Kills are really good. Yeah. So my anticipation was super high, super high. Yeah. Right. For this film. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, I, we, we've talked so much about these films, so I'll just say, you know, 2018, I think is incredible. Um, I think that obviously I see like, you know, you know, these films have become like huge topics of conversation. Sure. And like, I feel like everybody has some comment to make bad about these films in some way. Mm. Um, kills for example, would be, you know, evil dies tonight. Uh, 2018, I don't know. You could, I'm sure people don't like it for some reasons. Um, I feel like 2018 is like a biblical film to me. I love it. I love Halloween 2018. Um, I rewatched them leading up to this. Okay. Uh, 2018, same, loved it. I've seen that movie a lot, I feel like, because there was a, there was a year's gap between uh, kills because right. of the pandemic. So I've seen 2018 a lot. Um, kills, I had only seen three times in theater, I think. And then finally, I rewatched it. Uh, I think uh, the night before, the night before I, I, we saw ends, and um, I always liked kills. Like mm-hmm. you know how people shit on it. I was lukewarm for sure at first. Yeah, 
I fucking love it. Mm. Um, rewatching it this time, this this past uh, week or whatever it was, uh, I love that movie. Mm. Uh, it's so fucking dope. It's so violent. It's so mean spirited and crazy. Michael is fucking uh, ruthless and unhinged. Um, and it's sort fire of fire ass fucking score. We've said that a hundred times. Fire score. Um, the opening of that film has him, you know, eviscerating all those firefighters. Mm. And it's like the greatest fucking thing I've seen in the last 20 years in horror. I could have used more of that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, so, you know, okay. It has evil dies tonight, right? Okay. Let's throw that out. Other than that, it's like a fucking amazing slasher film to me. And now we get to Halloween ends. I'm going to say some shit, though. I'm just going to say some Go shit ahead, up Eric. front. It's my favorite of the David Gordon Green's trilogy. Really? I like ends that much. So I think they should change the name to Halloween Rules. So, I like that, Eric. Did, did you, how long have you been holding that one in? This afternoon. Okay. Uh, Unlike these farts that I'm just letting loose right now. Thank you, Eric. So uh, <laughs> I love – oh, do you want to just say it? So I love Halloween ends as well. Good. Uh, Glad to hear it. I think that it is – Probably a film that is, I guess here we go, right? Right on me. So no spoilers now, and then we'll do spoilers in a bit. I think it's a film that is going to age well over time. Oh, yeah. Scream Factory is going to put this out in 15 years, and everyone's going to praise it. Yeah. For sure. Uh, it, it reminds me so much of, like, Friday the 13th Part 5, um, because, you know, people, like, love that film now. Buy figures from that film. I won't say why, but if you know what I'm talking about, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny because, like, people hated that fucking movie, you know, for certain reasons, but I guess we'll talk about later. But, um, you know, I think this is a movie that's going to just get better and better over time. Uh, it's just so different than the first two. But also, I wanted to talk to you about this. I had my expectations set on that because, like, and, and, and I'm not asking normal people to read interviews with David Gordon Green. But as a film fan... I had read David Gordon Green talking a lot about, well, this is a departure. It's a different mm. tone. This film is different from the first two. You know, so I was, and then as the trailer came out, you know, it looks like all of it is from one scene, in my opinion. I agree. Like, so, so, I mean, no, so yeah, so the, the point. The trailer had to include Michael. Yes. And so the point is, you know, it kind of looked like, okay, they're holding. S- <laughs> I don't think, if you're listening to this review, we will not spoil it, but we have to say some things. And one thing I will say is, it looked like the trailer was holding something back. I'm not sure I watched a trailer. I only saw one. Okay. It was that first trailer. I I definitely heard all the shit that you're saying about what David Gordon Green was saying. Yeah. But fortunately, it didn't like register with me. Uh, Because whenever I was watching that film, I was like, what is going on? And as I just said, I love a mystery. I was so on board. Yeah, I mean... I guess that's kind of what I'm trying to like spin a web about, which is for me, I was like so prepared for it to be different that as soon as it was different and I'm talking, the opening scene is kind of like, okay, what's this? Right. Right. Um, even in that opening scene, but me, I guess I, I, I should just speak for myself. I'm so, uh, trained that even though the opening scene was doing something different, I was still like, okay, but where's Michael? Please keep going. Sure. I mean, I'm not trying to say that I didn't think about him at all, but as the film was spinning its web, spinning Mm -hmm. its story, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, this is what's different. Mm. Like, so I already knew, like, you know, just just from that comment, like, oh, this is a different type of movie. Mm. So, and I guess, like, again, I don't want to sound like a fucking, you know, film nerd, but it was, like, to me, pretty clear from the marketing, which I only saw one trailer, but also his comments, like, over a year ago, 
I was like, this is just going to be different in some way. And I guess we'll find out what that is. I guess what I'm getting at is I'm glad that didn't register for me because I wasn't expecting it. So like as the film was organically playing for me, I was just like confused and loved it. I enjoyed not knowing that it was going to be such a departure. Okay. But, but I, I guess just hearing you say that it makes it sound like that didn't play out in the same way for me. Mm. And it did. I just didn't know what it was. Right. Right. So, but I would, my point is my expectations were I was prepared for it to be different, but I had no idea what the mystery was. I mean, this character that I don't know if we'll say the name. I will say it when we get to this one. Okay. This person that's in the film that's a that's a major character. I had no idea. Didn't even know who the fuck it was, had no fucking idea. So, I never I didn't know this guy existed until this film no. came out. So my point is like I didn't know those things. I just right. knew that it was gonna be different. So as it was different, I was like, cool, fuck yeah. And I remember halfway through the movie when I was seeing this in IMAX, I was like, I think I fucking love this movie. Oh, I gave Melissa at least three high fives while we were watching it. In the theater, I grabbed her hand. So I could smack it with my hand because that's how much I was having it. Yeah, and I I, uh, I remember walking out in my first – this is like the statement I have. Uh-oh. The first thing I thought was – This was your man on the street moment. Well, the first thing I wanted to say was that it was a – it's a true Halloween sequel. Mm. It's a true sequel to 2018. And what does that mean? Okay, so Kills is just more of the night he came home. Sure. That's it. That's what Kills is. It's more oh, than I he came up. That's home. an interesting point. I see where you're going. This is four years later. I don't think that's a spoiler. Four years later, and our characters are in different places. They're doing different things. That we're learning about their lives. We're seeing. We're catching up. Right. And this to me was like fuck yeah, a Halloween sequel. Right. Um, but not you know not that I don't want that to be a pejorative. I'm just saying that I was like super excited to see where these characters had picked up four years later. Maybe maybe I'm gonna muddle what you just said. But yeah, that was tight. It wasn't a continuation. It was like further down the road. Yeah. And I think it was exciting to me. And I think this is a big statement that I'd like to make. And and I'm not talking down to anybody at all. I just want to say that I feel like it's a big, this, this was like a big deal with Star Wars to me where people didn't like Last Jedi, for instance, because they were so concerned with Luke Skywalker. And my thought was, well, you like Leia, don't you? She's in that movie a lot. And I started to question, like, do people care about Leia? So in this in this sense, do people care about Lori? Yeah, it was it's Lori and Allison, and just coming from someone that loves Halloween 2018, I love Lori and Allison. Mm. So I want more of their story. So for me to hang out with them and learn more about them and see right. what's happened to them in four years and and watch in Allison's case, I don't think it's spoiler to say, go through a love story in some sense. Um, I love these characters. So like, to me, I feel like people were bored, you know, where, where's Michael for instance. And I'm like, well, fuck it. I'll hang out with Allison and see what she's doing because I really like these characters and hopefully Michael is in the film. And, uh, so yeah, so I, I loved it. Um, I I want you to talk, but I will say, uh, seeing it a second time, I do feel like the ending is just messy. It's not bad. I love the plot. I like what happens. I have no problem with like plot. Just, just, just speaking on the ending, just briefly. Um, I almost kind of feel like, uh, uh, what word do I want to use? Like obligated. Like you know, they spun their own story yeah. for ninety percent of this film. I agree. And then for the last ten percent, they're like, oh yeah, we're also supposed to end this. Yeah. And so okay, we're gonna do this because this is what. This is what people wanted the the other 90% to be. Yeah. Right? 
Um, I agree. And uh, I, I guess, I mean, okay. I certainly, it, it's kind of, it's kind of uh, easy way to say it is like, okay, we'll stop doing something different now. Right. Where's the end of the movie? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And, and, and that, it doesn't bother me, but uh, well, I still really liked it. Right. But um, I just felt There's like actually some really cool shit that I will uh, touch upon when we get to spoilers. About. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for me, it was more so like the filmic nature of it. I feel like broke a bit with this messy ending, but um. Other than that, I, I really, really, really loved it. And I also want to say as a statement before we get to spoilers that I feel like, you know, we have to remember, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say like, this doesn't have to be high art, but I do want to say that like, I cannot believe how well made these three yeah. films are. 100%. And you know, you look at stuff like I think it, and I'm not trying to be funny. It is funny, but like an example of something that they could have done is like the Firestarter remake. You know, just some, just bullshit. Right. You know what I mean, and not good. Um, and I think that in the, you know these guys really, really took this super seriously, and these are serious films. Mm. Um, and I felt that a lot in this one, as you know, some of the unexpected things were happening. I felt like I, I was like, wow, this is like a real movie, not you know a stupid slasher movie. I say stupid as someone that loves slasher films, but you know, this is a real film. On the other hand, the ending being so messy in the way that it's constructed that kind of flies in the face of like, it's a real film. But other than that, uh, I just cannot believe that we've got the, they have no right. I know I already used this phrase earlier, but, uh, these films have no right to be as good as they are. And so I just love what they are. And I don't know if this, I don't think this is my favorite. I think it's Halloween kills. And then this, I think is my third favorite. But I just really like those two movies. It's mm. not a problem with this movie. So uh, kind of pretty much just everything you just said. Um, but you're saying uh, because Michael's not in it as much that that was okay with you because you enjoy the characters of Allison and Lori. Yes. Uh, I guess for me, you know, I do like those characters, but I was just along for the ride. Uh, I had my window down. It was like a cool 68 degrees. There's a little breeze. And I was just having a blast trying to figure out where this film was going. Yeah, and um, I, I, something else I'd like to speak to is like, as someone that really likes Laurie Strode and Jamie Lee Curtis, but you know, Laurie, it was super exciting to see her like happy and like and enjoying her life mm. in the film. And that was, I was not expecting to get that after the first two films of her being so intense. Right. Um, it was exciting I, to see her like living her life. I was super appreciative of that. that me, me too. That we got to see uh, a different side of Laurie for sure. And, yeah. it, and it, it felt true to the character. Uh, a playful she, side. I was going to say, because she's kind of like clunky and stuff, but that's how the character is in the first film. You know, she's a nerd. Mm -hmm. um, so it was exciting to see her uh, enjoying her life. And then, you know, of course things happen. But um, I loved the ending for her. And I think that's why I was trying to say earlier, as a film, like I like the plot points. So like the things that people are just are not loving about this movie ha is not even close to like any of the issues with the movie. I just think that it's not, perfectly edited and constructed at the end. But other than that, like the plot points and everything that's happening, I really, really like like what happens in the movie, I guess is what I'm trying to yeah, say. Me too. And I also feel like it's very brisk. Yeah. 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 I mean, for a movie that's nearly two hours, I feel like it flies. Yeah. I mean, rewatching kills, I watched the extended cut and it is better. The extended cut is better. And there's everybody said about that extended cut. There wasn't more gore and there is. There's more fucking inserts and shots of gore in that movie. So watch the extended cut of kills if you can. Um, 
So we both loved it. Yes. Yes. We're I, both. Let me ask you this. I'd like to see it again too. Is like kind of how I feel right now. Like I've seen it twice in theater and I, I need to see it again already. Uh, let me ask you this. We both love it, right? We both liked it. Would you say you're satisfied as well? Yeah, I mean, yes. Yes, because yeah. again... This will satiate your thirst for Halloween until they decide to do a new one. I kind of... I, I have to be honest. I kind of felt like that after Kills. I kind of thought like, okay, you know, how much more of this can we really... You know, how much more of just violence and insanity can we get? And and, and I would love that. I, I love these films. I wonder if it was a criticism to that but I feel like there's there's definitely some excellent kills uh, in ends. But I feel like the brutality was kind of toned down. Yeah, but if you look at the first film, uh, 2018, it wasn't near as hard as kills. I mean, kills is just an intense, insanity, blood drenched movie, and that's why, like, when I left kills and everyone didn't like it, I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" I was like, "This was brutally violent." And unhinged Michael Myers, like a a, a fucking uh, all-out sequel, you know, Michael Myers film. And so I guess that's why I was so accepting of this. Like, I I, I think that also helped. I was like, well, we got that. Like, I right. And like, I feel like you know, I said that a lot with. I won't get into the Star Wars conversation, but I said that a lot with like Last Jedi. I was like, well, we got those films. They're the original trilogy. Like, if you want to see Luke Skywalker be a hero, hero. Go watch the fucking original trilogy. Right. And in this case, like if you want to see Michael Myers rip people apart, you know, go watch kills that movie you guys didn't like, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I will say that I do feel like I, you know, this film, so kills and this have different writers. Didn't each film have a different writer? I mean, uh, Gordon Green and, and Danny McBride ultimately wrote it as well. Right. But then each film had a different writer yes. in addition to them too. Yes. Okay. And I feel like that's pretty evident in this movie. Another thing, I feel like there's hardly any humor in in ends. Uh, I think there's some. L- Lori's funny. I'll say that. She's talking about making the fucking pumpkin pie. And the meat. Uh, yeah. When Frank is trying to get meat. But no, yeah. I've, I felt like this is definitely the less violent and less silliest of the trilogy. And yeah. that's and that's by no means a knock. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, again, we have to remember where this came from. We can't this came from films that weren't even had no blood almost. You know, they're sure. they're violent in the way that things happen, but they're not bloody films. You know, they're very so I don't know. And I, I guess that's kind of my biggest criticism of like any of the criticism towards this is like, yeah, go watch those films. Like those right. exist. Let's get something new. And this felt like a true sequel. And that was super exciting to me as someone that likes these characters. Right. Um, How about this? Yeah. It definitely advanced the story. Yeah. And it definitely gave us new perspectives of these characters. Sure. And like what? I don't know. We well, don't have to agree with that stuff. But I mean, it did something new. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It I, did something different. Different, surprising, and new. And I think, you know, the criticism to that mostly would be like, well, don't do that with the concluding film. But for me, like, I feel like... Uh, you want to say something, but I, I do want to quickly say, Please, like, go ahead. I feel like Halloween 2018, that really is the end of Halloween. Like, I feel like that was it. Halloween 2018 is the end. Uh, Michael dies in that basement. Right. They get away. They live happily ever after, and hopefully their family comes together, and it's over. Because to me, I feel like that was, like, The Force Awakens, perfect 
new movie for Halloween, right? Um, that's funny that you say that, that, that that's the end. Because one thing that makes me think about is like uh, 2018 kills and ends. It's a different Michael each time. Yeah, I feel like because he does something different in each one of these films that I almost feel like that makes sense for you to say, okay, it ends in 2018 and now because now there's a different one for kills. Yeah. And now I, there's a different and then it kind of ends because it advances four years. Yes. And, ends, and now we got a new Michael in this one. And that's kind of how it feels to me because it it just, you know, I feel like that film was such a good ending for Laurie Strode and her thing. And so I guess like, but like all good things, there has to be sequels, and I really fucking like kills, and I like ends, but they're sequels. I don't know. Um, this is kind of off topic, but you know what's fucking wild? What's fucking wild? We're already going to get David Gordon Green's The Exorcist in a year. You think that comes out next year? Like they say it's going to? That's what they say? Yeah. That's fucking wild. Yeah, I think it's an anniversary year. The man is year. putting them out. Uh, that's, to me, way harder, I feel like, to do. Mm. Like a Lego sequel in a way to, because they're saying, you know, the original cast or whoever's going to be in it. Right. And yeah, well, I, I guess we'll talk that other time. We'll but, talk that in a year. Yeah, in a year. And and that's super exciting. But it's also sort of like, yeah, I did it. I don't know. It's kind of greedy, I feel like. Like, not, not, not from the studio, but just the fact that Gordon Green's doing it. It's like, man, you're going to be stuck doing these Blumhouse <laughs> right? Lego sequels. Like, that's, you're going to do six right. Blumhouse Lego sequels. Uh, that just seems excessive to me. What seems wild to me is like his background's not horror. Right. At least his initial films. Right. You know, for, I don't know David Gordon Green. For all I know, he's probably horror's biggest fan. You know what I mean? Well, what's crazy is like we've gotten a string of that, right? We got He made Your Highness an awful film. Fucking terrible but film. But Natalie Portman looks good in it. Um, you know, I feel like we have a string of this though because we had, you know, Jordan Peele and then uh, Zach Kreger. Uh, Let's see what he does now, huh? He directed Barbarian, and that dude is from The Whitest Kids You Know. He's a comedy guy. So, you know, and then now we have Dave Gordon Green, I guess, who we were associating with comedy. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you brought this up. Duh. I've had some time to think about this, so I'll go first. Um, okay, because you're, you're talking about Jordan Peele. You're talking about uh, comedy directors, right? Yeah. Uh, can, can we end our Halloween Ends review? Well, we have to do spoilers. I mean, you're right, but but for yeah. the non-spoiler. Yeah. Can we end it now? Sure, but you're not going to spoil the film so people can listen? No, no, no. I still have to do the spoiler tag. This, this is, this is, uh, uh, this is, has nothing to do with Halloween ends. Okay. But let's just both say we love the film. Is we love fair? Halloween ends, and uh, we hope you do too. And uh, Eric is going to do this, but yes. we will, I'll still tell you when spoilers are coming, so listen to this. I just got some bullshit for you guys. Okay, let's hear it now. Keegan. If you can pick any film director from any type of genre and any actor or actress from any genre to make a horror film, who would you pick? That's really hard, Eric. I mean, okay. that's, a, that's a very wide swath. And again, I've had some time to think about this because I thought of this fucking question myself already. Yeah. The two, the actor and the uh, director I would pick would be Jordan Peele. And Donald Glover, because I feel like they would make the scariest slash funniest horror film ever. So think about that, Dodd. Maybe don't answer right There's now. A good one, Dodd. But that's my answer well, for my that answer, question. No one's going to like this because I'm a shill. Lay it on my me, Dodd. My answer is always J.J. Abrams. Because He's if. He's never made a direct horror film, huh? No. 
and that would be the most exciting thing ever to me. But who are you going to pair him with? Uh, I would probably pick a woman, and off the top, Rebecca Hall. That would be amazing, Eric. <laughs> I, I, but I, I'll pick Amy Adams. Okay, that would be great. Amy Adams in a horror film. Directed by J.J. Abrams. Damn. This is the widest horror film I've seen. That's just a joke. That's just a joke. Okay, so that was just a little bullshit. I guess we're going to get on to Halloween and spoilers now, huh? Yes, so. You ready? If you've not seen the film, don't listen starting now. So I'll, Turn it off, duh. I'll drag on a bit saying don't listen now. But yeah, turn it off. We'll see you next time. We love you. Thank you for making it this far. Go watch Halloween Ends. What the fuck are you doing with your life? Right. And uh, now... We are going to start spoilers for Halloween ends, so don't listen. We can take the gloves off because Halloween ends. Spoilers start right now. Okay, Eric. God, I'm glad I'm finally. That's over. I go. can finally say how much I hate this fucking film. I know. This what fucking, a fucking film is stinker, dog. Shit, dog. What a stinker, dog. I hope they fucking crucified David Gordon Green. Fuck him. Fuck his family. I hope they all die and his dog. What about that uh, scarecrow killer guy? Who's the scarecrow killer guy? Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Come okay. on, Eric. Okay, so th- I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, He's joking. I, I love he the knew, film. So he knew much. what he was talking about. Okay. So, um, yeah, I don't know where to start now. Corey Cunningham. We could just do that. Okay. Duh. Corey fucking Cunningham. Yeah. You told me, duh, that you muted me in preparation yes. of Halloween Ends. That's correct. Which I guess is I was muted fine. You, Dana and the words Halloween. Because, uh, damn, is that your neighbor knocking on the wall? I think it was upstairs. Damn, are they trying to tell us we're being too loud? Probably. Okay, so. Um, shout out neighbors. Shout out neighbors. Uh, it's only 740. Yeah, it's pretty early for us. Um, Corey Cunningham. One of the things I tweeted, so maybe you saw this because this did not have the word in, uh, Halloween in it. Uh, I, t- I, I muted you all together. Oh, oh, period. Okay, so one of the things I tweeted when I got out of the film was, Corey Toy Win. Huh. Duh. We got a new Halloween film. Yeah. That introduces. And this is why I referenced the Roy Toy, which slight spoilers for Friday the 13th Part 5, a new beginning. The Halloween mythology now has a new killer. And I kind of think that's the coolest thing in the world. And yeah. his name is Corey Cunningham, not to be confused with. Is it Arthur Cunningham and Christine? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also a bullied nerd who turns right. evil. And gets the girl and all that. Yeah. yeah. How much influence did Carpenter actually have Halloween ends, huh? I know. I mean, it, you know, you start to think about the, the influences. I mean, it is kind of weird, though. Like, you made Christine out of Halloween? Like, why? Right. Um, I'm definitely, instead of a haunted car, it's Michael Myers. Right. Definitely not against it. Uh, just interesting choices. But again, like, I feel like the best part about film is like is it interesting is it something new and this felt like something 
that I just, it was super unexpected. You know, we talk a lot about, like, I've seen a lot of movies, I've seen a lot of horror films, you know, and I think uh, you and I are always kind of talking about, like, I love having my expectations subverted. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it might be sort of like a symptom of like, I feel like, you know, okay, like Rotten Tomatoes is a good example. Like you'll see a film with a high Rotten Tomatoes rating, uh, but I don't care about Rotten Tomatoes, but it's a it's a aggregate for uh, critic, critics. critics' thoughts. I enjoy the RT score after I've seen the film. Me too. So let me just say that the reason I'm bringing it up is to say that critics have seen so many movies that they're usually excited to see something new or have their expectations subverted. That's generally why, like, if a film is hated by fans, but then it has, like, an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. That's why. Some of that's going on here, to, I, I feel like, with Halloween Ends, because not what the score, but just saying, in my thoughts, like, right. I liked it, and I was super excited about it, because I felt like it was something new and something unexpected. Um, so, for me, it was, yeah, it was just exciting. But let's get into it. I mean, let's get into the fucking movie. Okay. So, so what, what do you so want to do film, first? The film starts with... And we don't have to do like a, yeah, yeah. No, a but piece go, by piece by piece but by piece action yeah. of, of the film. But right. So the film opens up uh, 2019, um, a year later from uh, Michael's brutal killing spree of 2018 and kills. Yes. And we're introduced to this kid named Corey Cunningham. And he's this kind of soft-spoken, nerdy guy. Uh, he is a last-minute babysitter uh, for this rich couple uh, who's going to a Halloween party. Yes. They make airplanes together. They make airplanes. He they're, shows they're watching the John child, Carpenter's the thing, thing, which is fun because in the original film, they're watching the original uh, thing from another world. Right. Um, Easter egg. Uh, right. Um, really it, well it, it, put together and really well shot and edited opening. This is fucking really cool. Uh, I agree. Uh, and this house is, is huge. It's like giant three, three stories tall. And, and, and in a silly, possibly uh, Danny McBride-ness writing, uh, the kid that's being babysat is way cooler <laughs> than uh, Corey. Yes. Um, Corey wants to turn off the film because it's getting a little uh, gross. Um, the kid calls Corey a loser. He tells him that he just wants to finish uh, the film. And he calls him ugly. Yes. <laughs> so they're going to um, turn off the film. But whenever Corey goes into uh, the kitchen, the kid is missing. Yes. Yes. And it turns out, uh, initially, we don't know what's going on. This is where I initially started thinking, are we going to see Michael so soon? Yeah, this quickly. Especially because I also knew it was four years later. No, no. Uh, This is only a year at this point. Well, that's what I'm saying. Okay. So I knew that the film took place four years later. So when it opened with 2019, I was like, we're going to see Michael in 2019? Oh. I was like. How do we like? Are they going to show us what he's been doing or something like it? You know, right? right. Um, not in this at all. Uh, so just to make this opening quick, uh, they're playing. Uh, the the kid starts a game of how to go seek without Corey's um, uh, consent, right? And so Corey's walking all over this big house looking for this child. A knife that was in the kitchen is no longer there. Um, eventually Corey goes up into the attic and the kid has locked him inside it. And the kid starts mocking Corey on the other side of the door. Uh, so Corey starts trying to kick the door open. Uh, the parents pull up, Corey screams, I'm going to kill you. Kicks the door so hard, hits the little boy. He falls off, uh, this top story railing and dies. Splat. Right. 
which was pretty shocking. Yes, amazing. Yes. In IMAX, it was quite something to behold because oh, I bet. it was super fucking loud. And, uh, you know, their child is just dead on the floor. Um, and we, we, you know, the camera pans up and it shows Corey leaning over with, with a knife. knife. Uh, and it's actually mimicking a shot of the original Halloween poster oh. uh, with the with the like slats on the like railing, and then he has the knife over. Oh, nice! Um, and yeah, so he accidentally kills the kid, and then we jump to credits, and and after the opening credits, we see Corey riding his bike, and I was so confused already by this point. I was like, oh, this must be somebody new already. I didn't realize we were going to continue Corey's story, right? Yeah, and, and, and let's say that the credits are inspired by Season of the Witch. Oh, yes, the, the font specifically. Yes. But what you told me recently, what I didn't know was uh, 2018 kills and ends. Each one of those fonts is from 1, 2, and 3 Halloween. Yes, yes. So, because there was a lot made about the third, like, oh, how does that, like, unlock the mysteries of this movie? And it was kind of like, eh, I'm not sure it does because, you know, ha- Halloween Kills is using the Halloween 2 font. You know, and that doesn't necessarily... I mean, I guess it could line up. I mean, if we look too far into it, it could. But um, it's a continuation of the night. Yeah. Um, and I suppose in this case, Michael's hardly in it. Yes. And as we both know in Season of the Witch, he's not in it at all. Yeah. So, you know, obviously we've talked already about like the four-year-later aspect. I like seeing Allison here and Lori. Lori's happy. They live together. Which I, which I Okay, so we already said we like that she's happy. But I was super appreciative of this change uh, yeah. uh, for the character to the point so much where like, okay, the only film I have an example for is TCM 22, where it's like copy of the Laurie Strode, like I'm a hardened uh, no, badass uh, now. He's waited for me. I've waited for him. So I almost makes me like, okay, so I'm just going to joke. Like now there's going to be a slasher film where the protagonist is happy now. Yeah. And it's all because Halloween ends uh, did it first. Yes. Um, so, you know, we get these happy, you know, characters that are... Allison even seems happy. I wouldn't say they brush over no. uh, uh, Karen's, and I don't remember the husband's uh, name, but it has been four years. Yeah, and, and I, you know, there's some emotional stuff in there that at least worked for me because, again, I like these characters. I even like Karen. And there's a, there's a you know, shot of like, a, I will always protect you, mommy, and it's like a... Uh, I guess Karen made that for Lori at some point right. and it's hanging on the wall. We, we see uh, Karen's picture several times. It's, it's her lock. It's Lori's lock screen. Yeah. So, I mean, the character is definitely not forgotten. Yeah. And, and uh, there's also a picture on Lori's wall of, of her two friends that were killed in the original film. Right. Uh, Annie and Linda. Yes. Shut up, Linda. Shut, shut up, Linda. So, you know, I just six pack. This whole opening was just amazing to me. And, uh, I was super excited for all that, but do you want to just flash straight to like the Corey? Let's streamline this bitch. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, um, cause I mean, essentially, you know what? what, I'm dying to just get to like the stuff in the sewer. I'll try to streamline it. Okay. So, uh, because I feel like that's where you and I will have the biggest conversation is like, okay. Okay, so uh, Corey's bullied by some kids. Uh, Lori sees this, stops it, takes him to the hospital because he hurts his hand. That's where he meets Allison, where Allison uh, is working. She's immediately attracted to him. Uh, they go out. They have a good time. But it turns out Haddonfield has not forgiven right. Corey. 
Corey is still now that there's no Michael Myers, he's kind of the boogeyman. He's he kills kids now, even if it was an accident. That's not how Haddonfield's uh, sees Corey. Right. Uh, Corey runs into the mother of the child he accidentally murdered. She's like, "Oh yeah, you laughing and having a good time? Right? Yeah. You think you can just come out here and dancing? Shout out for them using a Dead Kennedy song, and then later the Cramps." Uh, Corey loses his cool. Understandably, I guess, if I was in a similar situation to be attacked like that. Good to see Lindsay here as well. Yeah, even though she doesn't do much, we do yeah, get that just, character just come that back. She's in it, yeah. she, right? She she she's a bartender at this bar that Allison and Corey at first are having a good time at. Uh, Corey storms off. He runs into the same kids that's been bullying him, and they push him off a fucking bridge where there's a fucking manhole opening. Yes, and a homeless man. And a homeless man, right? Um, and the homeless man we see sees Corey get pulled into the sewer. Yes. Who's in the fucking sewer, da? So. Pennywise. I mean, that was one tweet I made after. Yeah. Doc, you just got to unmute me now and go back and see all my grade I, A tweets. I unmuted you that day. Grade A. So, you know, obviously, uh, this is just where it's getting, you know, I love the film. This is where I continue to felt confused, but not at all upset, mad, For angry. Sure. I'm like on fucking board so at this th- point. This is where I feel like it's exciting to rewatch and try to understand. Uh, ultimately, I think we have to remember that it's it's a it's a slasher film. That's just trying to show us visually like that Corey is now a killer, you know, so I don't think it's ultimately that well thought out, but, but let's talk it anyway. Okay. I feel like we may have missed one big thing in the four okay. years that Michael's been gone. Bad shit still happens in Haddonfield, including there's Corey like, accidentally killing. There's like an evil over the town or at least they that, think there is, which also kind of leads to the Pennywise comparison. I, I was going to say, and I, and I, I'm guessing and I guess, I mean, if you just say Pennywise, I feel like I shouldn't even say this because it's just so obvious. But because we're doing a podcast on the film, I guess what it's trying to say is like this evil is infectious over the town and they're all so dreading it that it's like causing the evil in a way. Like they're perpetuating the evil. Okay, I'm just putting point A and point B together for myself now. I'm just interpreting it on my own. Yeah. You said infectious and I'm glad you said that because what happens is... Michael's in the sewer. Right. And he starts choking and killing Corey. But then somehow Michael sees Corey's past. Right. Thus infecting. Yes. Corey. And it, and there's like this incredible little montage of his life with this amazing like score beat that uh, Carpenter wrote. And it's incredible. Uh, it's like, dun, 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 dun. I don't even know how to explain it. And it's just real brief though. It's him. Yep. It's him fighting with the bullies. It's with him uh, accidentally killing that kid. Yeah. But it's enough for Michael to let him go. Yeah. And then as soon as he comes out of the sewer, immediately he kills somebody. But I also feel like that's not like, um, it's an altercation. So this is where I, I feel like, you know, I feel like I was guessing the film more than like better than it, than they wrote it. Okay. What were you thinking? Because he eventually, essentially he feeds, I thought, he was feeding Michael. I'm, I'm glad you bring this up. Okay, so Lori's once dated this sheriff. And there's a part where Corey and Lori, they're, at, they're having dinner or something. And this, this, this sheriff character is there. And he's upset that Allison is with somebody new. So whenever Corey drops off Allison, the sheriff follows Corey. And Corey leads him to the sewer. Yes. And they go in where Michael is. And I, th- I thought, you know, because he's like, but then he, he, I thought he was feeding Michael, to, uh, for lack of a better term, here we go. It's a charge him up. I thought he was charging him up. 
No, I'm, I'm glad you bring this, this up this because like me, Michael seems weak. He tries to attack the sheriff, but the sheriff easily pushes him down. Corey has to subdue the sheriff character for Michael to yes. kill him. And even when Michael stands up, he seems kind of shriveled. Yes. He seems kind of weak. Yep. Right. Um, but, but then whenever but he's he exclaiming, him, yeah. he like stands up straight and suddenly is stronger. Has like power. Yeah. Right. Again, not necessarily, let me just say this because I know we're getting nerdy. Not necessarily the point of this film, but for Eric and I, and for probably you guys as horror fans, of course, we want to talk about the lore aspect as to what's happening. I feel there's no answer. Go I, ahead. I do too. And I feel like, you know, I was like, okay, so he's, you know, I thought he's infected Corey to bring him victims to kill him, to charge him up, to get out of the sewer. Can I stop you just for one second? And it's not that. It's not that. The homeless man states he sees Michael bringing people in. So why is it that Corey gives him his strength again? Why is he weak in the first place? I don't know. So my thought is that, again, here we go. My thought is just that he's, Mike is doing it to survive at that point. So it's been four years. And what's happening is like, let's make this up. Every three months, he has to charge up. Okay. Because I don't know if Mike's eating down there. I don't think so. You know, maybe, I guess. I mean, he was, there's also another aspect. I mean, I'm kind of trailing here, but there's another aspect to where like, I'm not sure he's there when Corey first goes down there. Like he walks past where Mike is standing. Don't, doesn't. I mean, Mike pulls Corey in there for the first time, right? He does, but I'm I'm saying just my interpretation. I'm not saying oh. visually in the film because you can't see him. I don't think he's there. I think he's like a force. I think he's a force in, in that sewer. He's I, the evil? I, I think so. That was how I took it. Like, I don't, like, he walks past him looking around for like an hour and then Mike pulls him in and Mike's just standing there. Oh. So I was kind of like, I think he arrived, like, or whatever. Like, he's, sure. he's, he's showing himself to him. But, um, so I don't think he's like entirely human at this point. And this would line up with the end of Halloween kills where it would, but twice characters tell Michael in Halloween ends, you're just a man. I know, but I think that's them overcoming the evil. Okay. Like it's a metaphorical, you're just a man because I mean, the end of Halloween kills is impossible Correct. Um, he shot so many times. He stabbed so many times, all that stuff. And he eventually like appears behind Karen and kills her. Sure. And I just, to me, like in the, the way the film telegraphed it, I don't think that he, I think he's somewhat supernatural. I, I'm not saying he's like Pennywise himself, but he's, he's somewhat supernatural that by that point. That would make the film more logical. Yeah. And I think <laughs> if Mike is just simply supernatural because, well, I mean, and then it's just, it has to be by the time, you know, he's like, show me how to do it. And yeah. Mike stabs him. And then Mike shakes and stands up straight. You know, I almost wish the film had just excluded that because it's almost more confusing in terms of like the Michael aspect. Sure. Um, it would almost be better just to have him as like, uh, uh, I hate to say this, but Rob Zombie 2-esque, like, homeless man. Sure. Um, and maybe not be that clear about it, like, as literal as Rob Zombie. But, you know, I mean, you included a scene in this film of him stabbing someone and then shaking and standing straight. Sure. So, like, it's in the movie. So, you know, but it's also just exciting and cool for, like, horror fans because 
it's just sort of like, I guess he's supernatural, but then you're right. Then the film is like beating into your head. He's not, he's not, he's not. But then it's also visually showing you that he is. They did in Kills as well. Like, I feel like that was visual representation that he was more than a man. That's why I said in each film, he does something different. He acts different. Yeah. So, I mean, again, ultimately I'm not like, I'm, I'm excited. It's there. Cause it's fun to talk about. But I wish they would have expanded on it a bit more. I'm not asking for fucking someone to bring out a book and tell us about, you know, the Necronomicon and explain why he's not that, but just even one more scene of like his powers in some way Um, or whether, you know, one more scene of like, okay, you know, here he is charging up again, you know, or just one more scene of some, I don't want to say explanation, but even a visual idea of like that sewer shit. Right. And to leave it that unclear is cool, but ultimately I feel like the film does sort of skirt it because then it's like, you know, and what I was talking about with the messy ending, I feel kind of bad cause I'm jumping around, but the messy ending is like, you know, we kill Corey, he's dead. And then it's like, well, here's Michael too. And then, you know, she fights Mike and he seems like a person, you know, but I feel like they don't follow up on it at all. Like, it's like this big idea introduced and this lore for him. And then we just kill him like we slit his throat like a normal man. And then, you know, I don't know. The film raises questions that it doesn't answer for sure. Which I'm totally fine with, but I just wish there, I'm fine with it being ambiguous. That's not the issue. So I'm, I'm, most people want answers. You know, I don't. I would have just liked more of it, sure. more of the ambiguity, to be honest. But the mm-hmm. fact that they, I feel like they don't even address that ambiguity of that question of the sewer stuff. It's almost like they discard it in the final fight. Everything is discarded. Fight, shred him, movie over. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like it's like introducing ideas that, you know, in film you would follow up with in the third act. And they just discard completely. Um, even Corey to an extent. You know, is Corey supernatural? Is he, you um, know. So I'm going to back up a little. I was gonna, Yeah, go ahead, Eric. Sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to go that far. Sorry. That, that's fine. Uh, Allison and Corey's relationship intensifies. And Lori can tell something is up with um, yes, Corey. Yes, good, good point. And she, she tries to plead with Allison to stop seeing him. But uh, Allison won't listen. Um, she says she can see it in his eyes. Right. Uh, several characters do. In fact, uh, there's a part where Lindsay introduces Lori to the father of the boy yes. that Corey ex- accidentally kills. And, uh, there's a part where this man is explaining, he, he wants to forgive Corey. You know, he wants to move on with his life and he sees Corey after Corey has already had his run in with Michael. And when he goes to talk to Corey, he says he can see in his eyes. That that's not, um, the, the man that killed his son. That's something else entirely. I'm really glad that you brought this up because I think what you're explaining is uh, they do follow up on Corey's aspects. They at least, that's what I'm asking for. So there's even that scene where like he pulls over and Corey leans over and looks down in the car and he's like, and that's not the kid that used to mow my lawn. Right. And then like Corey looks like he's not there and then he just drives away. I would have liked one more scene like that for Michael. Sure. Right. That, um, that's what I'm asking for. But, but you're right. That's a good point. But what we jump to and what I wish there was more of 
Michael and Corey working together. Yes. Uh, there's a this tremendous amazing kill where uh, there's this asshole doctor uh, amazing. in the film that Allison works for. And uh, he's sleeping with one of his coworkers. Uh, this is like this big fancy house. Um, She's like, this house is so rich. And, and they're getting ready to fuck. They both know they're about to fuck. And uh, she hears like uh, a noise. And when she comes to see what the noise is, Corey wearing a scarecrow mask that Allison gave him whenever they uh, first went out to the bar to party. Um, Which at this point, I wish there was more of. I wish there was more Corey killing in the scarecrow mask. Now, I've already said Corey toy win. He's re- well, he- I'd like a sequel of Corey living through the end of this film, not being related to Allison and then get rid of it. Like, I mean, their story's over. I mean, how mad would people be if we got Halloween Corey Cunningham? That'd be amazing. But he's in a scarecrow mask? Duh, I'm there for it, 100%. But I'm just saying, everybody who says that this is a quote-unquote bad movie, they'd be furious. That'd be my favorite movie ever. Uh, the, the, The co-worker character turns the corner to see... Uh, Corey has wrapped plastic around the doctor's face. And I don't know what it is. Is it a knife? For some reason, I think it's a corkscrew because... It's a corkscrew. Okay, it is a corkscrew. Yeah, it's a corkscrew. Because the doctor just uses a corkscrew to pop the wine. He's just repeatedly stabbing yes. uh, this man in the neck. It's Corey Caesar. Corey goes after the coworker, but she's able to get away uh, from Corey because this is like the patio area and she goes inside. And borderline, my favorite shot in the film occurs, which is a shot through the glass door and Corey... With the fucking scarecrow, scarecrow mask, mask, with blood all over the mask, like gets to attention and like Caesar. And I, that's like one of my favorite fucking images in the movie. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like lit, it's blue and he has like the sweater on and the mask. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. I do. I do. Oh, one of my favorite shots in the movie. Go ahead. Uh, so she's able to lock the door. She gets inside. Uh, Corey starts pounding on the door all crazily. She starts calling the cops, but who's inside the fucking house, Doc? Mike. Mike, yes. And we get uh, a recreation of the iconic kill from the original film where he impels somebody on the wall with his knife, step backs, and looks. I would love to have seen more team-up, Bob. But uh, we don't get any more team-up. That's the only time we see them together. Um, and I made a joke uh, to Melissa when we were watching it for the second time. Because after that happens, he go, uh, Corey goes and hangs out with Allison. Uh, but h- how do they leave that? Is Corey just like, see you later, Mike? That's just a bad joke. So uh, the next time we see Corey and Michael together, Corey is wrestling. He like goes and he pushes Michael yeah. to steal his mask. And I was kind of super into this. Corey goes into the sewer, grabs Mike by his collar. They start wrestling around on the ground. I just don't like the WWE part of it, but <gasps> I, the idea I mean, is like fine. They're slamming each other or something. It, it's, it's a bit like, like they're pushing. I feel like they're both have each other's collars yeah. and they're like going back and forth. They they eventually go to the ground. Can I? Can I? Go I, ahead. I have to interrupt. Go ahead. You and I have talked, especially during Halloween 2018 review. You and I talked and I said the main thing I was impressed with was it is possible for Michael to look stupid. You and thought this was one of time? He never did in Halloween or uh, or Kills. And it was amazing how they shot him so well and perfectly that it felt like Michael Myers and never looked stupid. And this was the one small hitch in the entire trilogy where for a second I was like, Ugh. I was like cringe. It was cringy a little bit. Uh, I'm okay with it, but I, it was slightly cringy. I'm not saying your opinion is wrong at all. Uh, I, I didn't read that way. I, I was into it. 
um, Corey successfully wrestles the mask off of Michael. Uh, Corey leaves the sewer, and what do we see Mike do? His iconic sit-up. Yes. That was uh, super into. And then Corey goes on a killing spree of everybody who has wronged him. Yes. Uh, the bullies. His uh, parents. His mother. Right. Exactly. And then, of course, he goes, oh, there's the, the radio show host, which yes. is probably such a fun kill. Uh, Darcy the male girl from, from Joe Bob Joe is Bob. the receptionist uh, at, the, at the radio. Um, what do you call it? Radio Tower? Yeah. Um, and then Corey eventually goes for Lori, and I guess this is where you feel it gets a little muddy for you. Well, I just think that it – I think that, like, um, screenplay-wise – you know, we suddenly are just at the house. It, it just doesn't feel well um, merged together. So prior to Corey going after all these people, Lori, uh, excuse me, Allison and Corey have agreed they're going to leave Haddonfield uh, forever. Corey goes on this killing spree and uh, Corey goes to kill Lori. Um, and at this point, Lori, who thinks, or I guess... She's just toying with us. Yes. She's toying with Michael. I guess she's toying with Corey because she knows something's afoot with Corey. Yes. Uh, she calls to report a suicide. And so Frank calls Allison and says, what's up with Lori? So Lori goes back. Uh, excuse me. Allison goes back to Lori's house. And uh, we see by this point, Lori has already shot Corey twice. He's kind of weak. But he has this whole idea that if he can't have Allison, nobody can. So he stabs himself in the neck. And while uh, Lori's pulling the knife out of his neck, that is when Allison walks in. And I can't remember her line, you know, I, his line. I think it's that, you know, if, you, if I can't have her, no one can. And uh, I can't remember her line, but she, as soon as he stabbed himself in the neck, she's like, you f- stupid mother. Like she called like motherfucker. Right. And then she gets real upset when Al- when 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 Allison walks in because you know the yeah. way it looks like as if she has stabbed Corey. So that gets Allison out of the house. And she's I re- love Allison's acting in that scene. Um, she's really good at like acting upset. Right. She has been in all three of these films. So. Uh, so that uh, gets Andy out- Mantachak, something like that. No idea how to pronounce that last name. I don't either. So uh, so that gets that gets uh, Allison out of the house. And we can see Lori is visibly upset. We as we assume at this point, Corey is dead, right? Um, Lori goes and she sits on the floor, and uh, she realizes her back door is open. Yeah, and I absolutely love her expression. It's almost kind of funny to me each time. I think I've chuckled, but she's kind of got this like, "Oh shit!" Like what the like something's afoot. Yeah, uh, look, and it's Michael, of course. And, and then he she kind of like lures him into like. Into the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. She goes and she locks the door. Yeah. Which is which is awesome. Um, Michael goes and he picks up his mask. And at that point, Corey isn't dead. And he grabs Michael. But Michael uh, snaps his neck. You know, Michael's pulling Corey's head so hard. <laughs> I was like, just fucking rip it off. Do it. Do it. Do it. I wanted to see head come from body. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen. And I guess, and I guess that also diminishes our dreams of getting a ha- uh, Halloween Corey Cunningham film, huh? Yeah. Because well, I guess Corey is, unless he's supernatural, I was, Corey well, is dead zone. I was going to say, oh, you know, you could easily do it because, uh, you know, uh, he seems like he's, you know, taken the Michael Myers-ness from him, you know, with the eye thing and he doesn't look like himself. The blackest eyes. The devil's eyes. The doll's eyes. Um, so I, I, I would say that he could charge himself up. Okay. He could be living in the sewer now. Because... Uh, 
you know, the one thing I will say about Mike and, and I, I'd like to talk about it, but we'll, we have a little bit of the fight. Uh, you know, they, they eventually put him in the fucking car shredder. And, uh, I was, I was super excited to see that because it's like, you know, you've kind of sold to us that he's more than a man at this point, even though you keep saying he's not. And so to shred him up, I was like, fuck it. That's good enough. Right. Like, I like that ending that he's gone. And I guess I might as well do it here since I'm talking about it, but we'll get back to the fight. Okay. I did uh, read David Gordon Green said that that was added this summer. The procession and shredding him was added this oh, summer. Really? So I guess they did. Uh, I wonder uh, what it was originally. Uh, I think it just ended that he, they slit his throat, they slit his wrists, oh. and they said he's dead, and that's it. And then Allison in this version says, not dead enough. And then they do it. And that's new. Um, I guess that the, the test audiences were like, we'd like it to be more definitive. Definitive. And I agree. You know, if you're going to make Halloween ends and we're done and Lori's gone, it's over. Um, you know, I would have at least cut his head off. And the thing is, is, you know, with H2O existing, I feel like um, as for at least horror fans, you almost couldn't do that again because of H2O. So, you know, when they use the the shredder, I was like, okay, perfect. Like, shred his fucking ass, you know, and if shred you Shred that ass, dog. You can make Seagull say anything. He could be supernatural. He could come back, whatever. But I like at least for the characters, like, he's shredded. Like, right. fuck him. He's gone. Fuck uh, him. I, we love Mike, but I'm saying for the characters, right. fuck him. He's shredded. Um, you know, my mom's always down to watch film, but whenever there's, like, hard violence, hard gore, she won't watch. She'll turn away. But I, I visibly noticed her eyes were like super open during the shredder scene. And I felt like she had to see it for herself. Yeah. You know, she had to see yeah. that I, Mike is truly dead and gone. And I feel like it's good, you know, for the town aspect where they're like this evil is hanging over and all this stuff, you know, to do the procession. It, it was super smart for the script. Um, I enjoyed the procession. I thought that was I neat. did too. Uh, after Lori uh, kills him after the fight, they tie Michael's body uh, to the top of... Uh, Allison's car and there's like a parade a bunch of the town's yeah. folks start following them and they drive to the kid from 2018 is in it is in the parade is that the same kid I think so oh so uh, and then they drive to uh, the shredder at the at this auto shop where Corey and his father works and they throw Michael's body into this industrial shredder yeah and, and it it uh I just I just like it because you know you have you you've telegraphed that Laurie Strode is this militant you know, aggressor, right? And then for her to just slit his throat and his wrists and be like, all right, we're good. No, like these films have been so aggressive and she's been so like wanting to see Michael die. You know, it just, to me, you'd have to either cut his head off or think of another solution. And in this case, it was the car shredder. Um, and it was funny because in, in the opening of the film, you know, I'm seeing this in IMAX and there's this shot where Corey gets on his bike and drives away and it pans over to the car shredder. And instantly, because oh. instantly I was like, well, that's where Mike dies. Mm. Instantly. I was like, why would you ever show that if why you're not you going to stress that him in it? Um, uh, which was funny because so now I think those are inserts too because they added that later. Because right. if you look in any other scene that's not those establishing shots, the second time I saw it, I looked for this, um, that shredder's not in any scene except for like two wide shots of when he drives away. So it's like, um, but anyways, do we want to talk the fight real quick? Uh, sure. Well, but before we do that, I, I thought that was super convenient and, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, this isn't a, a, a negative critique. Uh, so Corey works at this auto mechanic, uh, shop 
So Corey already has the the mechanic jumpsuit similar to Mike. So of course, yes. when he's wearing Michael's mask, you know he looks like Michael. Uh, my one question is: is I wonder if that was uh, the dude who plays Mike. Like for those scenes, I when do it's too. Supposed to be Corey, yeah, uh, James Jude Courtney, Courtney. yeah. yeah. Um, no, I wonder too, and uh, I will say that like in those final moments, uh, it was cool that they brought uh, Allison in too to like finish him, you know, because it was like it, you know similar they to the do f- it together. Yeah, and we did this in the first film already. Okay, so but I, I as an ending for those two, I was like, cool, Allison's here too. We're both getting rid of him, you know. Uh, I like that. So, so during the fight, um, Lori stabs him. She has a fire extinguisher. Michael throws her. There's one point where he tries to stick her hand into a garbage um, disposal. Um, Lori successfully gets him on the island of her kitchen, and she stabs him in the chest. But then he does the sit-up. Yes. And he does it so hard, he throws Lori back and the knife comes out. And I thought that was such a cool image that he's still so powerful in this moment. Uh, Lori successfully crucifies him to the island yes. by stabbing his hands. And then she puts her um, fridge her fridge on top of him, right? And she even stabs him in the uh, side. Yeah. Well, in the armpit almost. Right. Exactly. Um, and I, of course, I was thinking like Christ, of course. I mean, it's like. Sure. Yeah. Crucifixion, yep. Uh, so at this point, uh, Michael is able to rip one of his hands off of the uh, knives and he starts choking her. And and Laurie's like, do it. Like she's ready to die. Yeah. But Allison comes in and she stops it and she breaks Michael's arm. And that worked for me because I was just excited that like Allison was coming to help and that they were coming together. And that right. worked for me. Right. I, I, I look again. You know, I feel like this wraps up for me perfectly. I really like these two characters. Like, I really want them to survive. So, like, I I sometimes, you know, I will say I may have let some things go because I like them so much. So, like, in this final scene, I'm like, yes, Allison, let's go. You know, like, I, right. I love them. So, yeah. Uh, so, then then that's when Laurie slits his wrist, slits his um throat his throat then they have the midnight procession well well she said he's he's uh frank comes in and she says he's dead he's mike michael's dead and they go uh, laurie says yeah and then allison says not dead enough oh right and that's when they do the procession um which as soon as she goes not dead enough i was like yes 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 um yes. it's funny because then there's just some nameless- i love mike but it, for those characters you need to fuck him up i mean right. he's this is not you can fucking drain all the blood out of this guy all you want. He's been unstoppable. Right. Uh, and then there's some nameless sheriff who's like, that's not how the law works. And then Sheriff Cowboy Hat shows up and he's like, it is tonight. What are we going to do? Cancel Halloween? <laughs> um, yeah. And then the film ultimately concludes with Allison leaving Haddonfield. Yes. And Frank showing up at Lori's house. Yes, and we get final shot. And I, I really just like the Frank Laurie aspect. That works for me too. I Frank works for me just because I like these movies. I was super surprised how little Frank had to do in this film because I feel like Kills made it seem like Laurie and Frank were needed a team up to stop Michael or something. Yeah, good point. But I'm glad you know I'm glad he was just basically like the romantic interest for her because we I'm fine with we really Frank just having that. Yeah. I mean he had stuff to do in the first two films. And again, you know I like Laurie so much. He worked as like a happiness trigger for her. So like I right I just like that she makes uh, that he makes her happy, and uh, we end on final shots of the empty house of the empty house and Mike's mask on the coffee table. 
Mike's mask is on the coffee table. It's on the coffee table. Have I seen in the that final three times shot. I not noticed it. There's a shot of all the windows open. Uh, it's like her laptop where she's writing her book, and there's a coffee table, and Mike's mask is laying sideways. With, oh wow! With nothing in it, but on the coffee table. So no I've breathing. No breathing. Right. And it's over. Wow! I've missed that three times, though. His mask is on the coffee table. Um, there's also a great part. I'm just going to rewind just a tad. Which is super smart. Not that you'll make sequels to this, but you could do anything. And it's like, well, we still have his mask. Right. True. Um, at one point during the final fight, the edit flashes back to their final fight in the original film. Yes. And it seems really exciting. You got Carpenter's score going at that point. Yeah. And it kind of really pumps up the moment of like, this is not their first altercation. Right. And and it and it plays like all of their like uh, Halloween twenty eighteen fight and then, you know it was crazy because when this film starts you know she's writing her book, and it's showing flashbacks of that first night which is uh, Carpenter's Halloween, and uh, very surreal because I'm seeing this in IMAX so I'm sitting in IMAX theater with IMAX sound and there's John Carpenter's Halloween images on the IMAX right. screen, uh, so that was just exciting in general, but yeah. I mean, I, I love, I love this film. I love, again, when I say plot, the reason I put it that way, I have no problems with Corey Cunningham or, or even if they are charging him up or they're not or whatever. I just wish it was a bit tighter. I just feel like it needs to be like there. It's missing a couple piece. I really hope there's an extended cut. I oh, really, that'd be really great. fucking hope so. That'd be great. Um, not that it's going to save it, you know, it's still going to be the same film, but oh, even, I like it as is for sure. even a few little, like little pieces would help this movie. I feel like it helped kills. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I really like it. I don't think same it's here. perfect. Um, I think it's my third favorite, but I, I feel like it'll rise over time. Um, but again, I just fucking love Halloween and kills. Uh, if you'll let me put my foot in my mouth real quick, I would love to do a Halloween reevaluated me too episode because there's like literally, a ranking there's yes because there's literally been three new Halloween yes. films since we last did it so and just, I think that'd be a ton of fun just so you know um on my like time hop or whatever I think it was like four years ago I think it's four years ago we re-ranked the franchise yeah four years ago lots and, has changed and it was crazy because I thought the same thing I was like man there's been three Halloween films whenever we were doing our ranking I completely dismissed Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And I would love to give it another chance now. Yeah, I mean... I, I feel like that was at the bottom of my list, and I'd love to give it another chance. I like both of those movies, but I feel like it's going to be hard to 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 get into the ranking, you know, outside of what, like, six, you know? Uh, I think six is... I like six, by the way. Well, if you ever want to do that episode, just let me know. I definitely would like to do that episode. I would... But I feel like we can't right away, but we definitely should. Down the line. Uh, I could start watching them for the future. And the worst movie in the franchise? If I had to pick, duh, Resurrection. Yeah, re- that's why I point at Resurrection. Just say it. There's no I had question, to think for a second. <laughs> There's no question, duh. It's so fucking bad. Trick or treat, motherfucker. I, just so you know, I paid $85 for those three films on in 4K. What four films? It's four, five, and six? It is Halloween 6, Curse of Michael Myers, H2O, and Resurrection. Cool. So the only films that aren't on 4K are Rob Zombies? That's correct. That's cool. Yep. Rob Zombie uh, 1 and 2. I'm guessing those will eventually come. It's funny because 2 is shot. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 is shot in 16 millimeter. (laughs) So putting that in 4K would kind of be pointless. But 
uh, you'd get the bit rate. I won't get into it. It would help. But you know, 16 millimeter is very grainy. Mm. And with that? Eric Hoff. I know. I know. No, I mean, with that, we've reviewed, you know, such a big, it's just such a big movie to me. Um, I will say, let's, let's do this before we, before we head out. Uh, you know, we have our end of the year list coming, you know, eventually in January, we have plenty of films to see. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, like, I feel like if I had to guess, I'd like to guess, I'd probably say this is going to be my third or fourth favorite movie of the year. I could see this breaking top five for me, um, of, of the year. What I think is funny is I think all my films are just going to be slasher films. Da X scream TCM 22 Halloween ends. Yeah. I'm trying to think of more. Nope. I mean, nope. Well, spoilers for my list uh, so far. Uh, I would say nope. Pearl, Barbarian, uh, mm. X. Uh, oh, forgot. Men. Men's mm. going to be very high on my list. and uh, I need to rewatch it. Black Phone won't make my list. Probably not mine either. TCM might. I can might. see the monsters getting like a petty. Uh, a petty. A, a pity fuck. A pity 10. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> a pity fuck. <laughs> yep. So uh, my number one it. will be oh Hellra- you, you, Hellraiser I, is going to make my list. I, just so I you know. feel like if if I can toot my own horn here for a moment. Well, Da, you've been tooting this whole time, Da. Uh, I've always been pro Rob Zombie filmmaker. Me too. Me too. I need. I feel it. like it's cool to hate Rob Zombie filmmaker. No, I I like all his movies. I just don't care about the monsters. Yeah, but okay. I will watch it. I I own Thirty One. I own Three from Hell. I own, of course, Devil's Rejects. And House I also of- would like to get that Rob Zombie episode in sometime. Did we never do it? We've never done a Rob Zombie episode. Are you sure? I'd put money on it, unless I just suffer from amnesia, occasional amnesia. Amnesia. I mean, and with I, that, we love you. I do forget uh, a lot. What's your name again? I also... Who? Who? I would like to throw in here that Shane uh, texts me, and I'd just like to throw it in as an alternate theory that I didn't think about, but it was interesting that he did. He told me about the radio tower. Yeah, what did he, he tell talking, you? Yeah, about the radio tower. Yeah. And, and that's interesting to me because when I rewatched it, um, I did see it. But yeah, it, it definitely, uh, I'm just speaking to like his theories. Um, the radio tower aspect of Halloween Ends didn't really occur to me. I To me, it felt like just a, a, a they were using it as a landmark so that when people looked out over uh, Haddonfield, they could tell it was Haddonfield because it kept having that radio tower. But aside from that, yeah, I don't know. It didn't 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 hit for me. But I'd love to hear theories or that it was important in some way. Uh, I guess that's the great thing about art. Uh, we all have our different interpretations. I mean, you say that like as kind of a joke, but like I'm serious. I genuinely feel that way. Like I'm when serious. he when Shane sent me like what about the radio tower? It like stopped me because I was like, oh, I didn't think of that. Like it didn't cross my mind. So I I feel like that is that's why we love art, Doc. That's why we love art. Oh man, never mind. Never mind. I'm done. What? What were you gonna say? And then we'll, we'll we still have we'll, Terrifier two to watch. Oh, speaking yes. of art, yes. And with that, Eric, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, this should be a bit of a shorter one, even though it should clock in at around two hours and twenty fucking minutes. Even though you're driving along, you're, you're driving, driving along. Uh, so we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, this one was kind of a quick follow up to Barbarian and Pearl for us. Um, you probably won't see us for nah. Well, I don't know. What's our next episode probably going to be, Eric? I don't fucking I don't know. know. We need an idea. We're going to review uh, Avatar: Way of Water. Uh, is there any big horror films coming out? Or are we done for the year? Die. Honestly, is in terms of like theatrical releases, hmm. I think we're done for the year for theatrical. 
but uh, I'm sure there will be a bunch of shit dropping. Uh, uh, I still need to see that new Rebecca Hall movie, Resurrection. Oh, that's Re- coming to Shutter, isn't it? Yeah, and it, it's been on VOD. I really need to oh, see it. Oh, it's already it. been out? It's oh, been okay. on VOD, and oh, I, 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 I want to see it, but I haven't yet. Um, I'm guessing I'm really going to like that. So, Tim Roth is in it. Yes, and Eric. We're donezos. We're donezos. So we love you. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Ghoul Squad podcast. Uh, Eric, just say where you can find us, even though you barely say anything anymore. Uh, you can find us at Ghoul Squad on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TeePublic. <laughs> Buy a shirt and be sure to hit that like button, comment, and subscribe. The reason I said it that way, just so people know, I only meant when I asked, we used to say like at Ghoul Squad on this, at Ghoul Squad on that, and now Eric just like spits out shit. Uh, because he, he's so done recording by this point <laughs> that he's just like basically doesn't even say it anymore. So uh, we love you. We'll see you on the next episode of the Ghoul Squad podcast. Hopefully I tell my story about when we were young. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hopefully it's an interesting story, whatever may come. Whatever may come, Eric. Yeah. And with that, we'll see you on the next episode of the Ghoul Squad podcast. Oh, fuck, okay. Eric. Ghoul Squad uh, podcast. Podcast. We yeah. love you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye.